Yeah, yeah. It's been weird. Less reality TV lately. What? There hasn't been as much reality TV. Like, we haven't been stuck on a whole bunch of TV, I guess is what I should say. Like, House of the Dragon's not on. Ink Master's not on. Survivor's getting ready to wrap up. You know, fucking, it's going quick. Yeah. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It does all, like, suddenly end abruptly. Does. Like, I feel empty a little bit on the inside. I just find new shit to watch. I know. Been stuck on that other shit lately. Oh, the the younger Dryas theory. Mm-hmm. All right. So for you guys not in the know, <laughs> um, I am like a fucking nerd when it comes to shit. Like I always have to like one of those people, like if I hear about something, I have to research it more and more and more. Like, and it's obsessive. It's yeah, bad. it's bad. Anyways, I had heard a theory going against the fact that humans haven't been in or that humans have been in North America longer than 13,000 years, and they're thinking it's really closer to like 60 or 70,000 years, which is really against what the science, or not the science, but mainstream scientists seem to say. Like, they're just sticking with it until recently we found, well, when I say we, I mean the people that... Archaeologists. Archaeologists. God, this should not make the recording. (laughs) This is so bad. So bad. Jesus Christ. I would rather listen to paint drying <laughs> than listen to me try to explain this. This is horrible. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, they think humans have been here a long time. M- mainstream archaeology says, no, you're wrong. Uh, they've only been here 13,000 years. And then within the last year or so, they've found uh, human footprints in White Sands, New Mexico that date back to about 22,000 years ago. Yeah. So basically giving the giant finger to mainstream archaeology saying, yeah, you guys are fucking wrong. Right. And yeah, and I I mean, that stuff is cool and I'm definitely enjoying that. But I think the parts that's the part that's getting me more is like what Graham Hancock talks about a lot with, you know, like a lost ancient civilization and a massive like cataclysm that happened that wiped out the civilization or whatever and just. Like it's super interesting, and the theories that he has on a lot of these these monumental sites around the world are really interesting. I'll I'll, I'll link some stuff down below, but yeah, uh, I mean, for anyone listening that's into that kind of stuff, it's super super interesting. You got to go in with an open mind, but the proof is there. It's not like conspiracy type stuff. Like the literal proof, scientific proof is there. So it's it's interesting. Literally just. Go to Joe Rogan if you're listening on Spotify and search for him with interviewing Graham Hancock and start at the first one. Yeah. And then once you get through those theories and you want to know the science behind it, go listen to Randall Carlson on there. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying either of these guys are right. I'm saying that they propose a very interesting theory. Yes. Which new evidence seems to push towards. Right. Correct. You know? Correct. Um, but anyways link below go check it out if you want to nerd out yeah if you don't want to nerd out and you want to nerd out on the challenge instead so a different type of nerdism (laughs) you've come to the right place apparently nerdism (laughs) also um i noticed last week i did zero introductions (laughs) zero didn't introduce anyone down here i was just like you know who we are you know who the fuck we are (laughs) what you see the gorilla 
<laughs> they don't see shit. <laughs> they got to see something. They're listening to us. I guess the yeah uh, yeah. Uh, yeah on the artwork and yeah okay. that stuff. <laughs> but anyways, I yeah I, I recognize that I listen through, which I never do. And by listen through, I listen to about the first. 20 minutes after the intro <laughs> and i was like okay i guess i'm just not introing who we are <laughs> just you know whatever fuck it <laughs> who cares you know hopefully these people are very familiar with us right. and this isn't their first time listening because guess what motherfuckers no intro you don't get to know who we are <laughs> it's a mystery we're a facade oh my god we are we are anonymous yeah. Facts. <laughs> We're not really anonymous because I'm going to use everybody's name here in a minute. <laughs> What's going on, Corey? How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing all right, man. Yeah. Glad to have you back, man. Yeah. 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 We're going to be crazy say. sometimes, man. Ah, dude, we get it. Happens. It. Yeah. So um, if you guys are listening, we're going to be uh, short a couple people tonight, but we're going to put in just that extra bit of effort to really try to bring it home for you guys oh yeah but unfortunately josh isn't going to be with us tonight and neither will tony both of them are feeling kind of under the weather yeah tony's sick yeah sick i think i think unquote i'd be sick if my favorite player did what his did the last two weeks too just saying oh no we're just wait who's his favorite player jay Jay. Uh, dude, I don't know why I immediately went to football. I was like, wait, he's so mad at <laughs> Tony doesn't do football. <laughs> he does remember the Titans. That's yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I know Tony. I don't know. I'm brain farted. I'll talking about yeah. Josh for a second. Now, Josh is a Chiefs fan. He, he's got nothing to be sad about. Yeah, ever. yeah that's what ever. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, as long as you keep Pat Mahomes, you're always going to be happy. Yeah. Well, well, I know he likes Mariota since he went to Oregon. So I was like, well. You had high expectations if you're getting upset at that fella. Dude, I would trade for, I would make that trade right now. You can have Mariota. We'll <laughs> throw in Kyle Pitts and anyone else you want to. <laughs> you, you want the stadium? You can have the stadium. <laughs> it's yours. But, but I know we're getting all subject. Did you ever hear, though, that Sean Payton was 100% drafting Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs traded up right before him and took him? I did. I really? did hear that. Yeah, because um, interesting. He, he cursed some people out. He was very upset. So, and if you look at like, there's a certain year in there where there's like I think two or three Heisman Trophy players that played for Texas Tech. Because mm-hmm. I I think I'm not 100 percent sure if Mayfield did, but I know Mahomes and somebody else did as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, anyways, that's that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, no, I mean. Look, I get it. Jay talking about this, not yeah. to say he made a stupid move. I don't know if I can call it that because I wasn't in the game and I'm not in his position. I'm seeing it from oh yeah, yeah, a Monday morning quarterback in this shit. Yeah, absolutely. To continue the football references, you know, I'm gonna keep my <laughs> head on a swivel. Um, but I don't think it would have been the decision I made. But at the right. same time, we always say, you know, do whatever's best for your game whatever's best for your game. So if that's right. what he thought was best for his game, then I can't really fault the fucker for it. And and when I say fucker, I mean that in the nicest sense. Like <laughs> I can't fault the guy for it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it's like I related to driving, you know, when you overcorrect, you're trying to do the right thing and fix the situation, but you're still going to wreck. And I just think that's what it was. They tried to overcorrect yes. from last week and it just, it wasn't better. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go in depth a little bit later to kind of talk about what I think they could have done a little bit differently. But I also think that you're pretty much spot on that there might have been a little bit of an overcorrection after last week. And that's a pretty good way of putting it. Well, shit. I mean, (laughs) you good? You all right? I don't know. You gonna breathe? Do you need mouth to mouth? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Just making it awkward for Corey. You're Third right. wheel in it. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Go ahead. No, that's I, that, that's, that's a, all I was gonna say. That's all I gotta say about that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, sorry, that was my really bad gump yeah, you, impression. That was really terrible. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, tried, I, I decided like it was a good thing to say, and then I was like, you know what? Halfway through this, commit to the fucking accent. Commit. <laughs> so I do terrible accents. You don't. Well, I mean, you've got a great original accent, so there's not really much to argue with on you. On that That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about it. Well, I can't say anything nice about your football team, so <laughs> nobody can. Look, dude, after that performance last Thursday, nobody can say nothing good about my team either. Yeah. You know what the best thing I can say about my team? We're doing pretty good for a rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> I just want I just want Andy Dalton to go away, dude. I know Jameis ain't much better, but good God. The Red Rocket. The worst name for a football player ever. And also, real quick, he's a curse, dude. He was with the Cowboys. X snaps his ankle. He goes to the mm-hmm. Bears. Justin Fields gets hurt. He's a curse. Uh. That's probably why Tom Brady didn't sign, want him signed. I wouldn't want him signed. I'm I'm interested in seeing what our rookie quarterback can do, but then again, like me too. Up. Like what's like? It's what do you have to lose, really? You know, like you're not going all the way, right? You know, yeah. you might squeak in there. It's a bad division, but it's like, what do you have to lose? You got a decent record right now. Like, I just get it. Near do I? But I guess that's why I don't make millions of dollars a year as a GM or a head coach. So <laughs> there's that. Well, I mean, that's that's why I'm doing fucking podcasting on the challenge. Because <laughs> just like Fessy, my football career didn't take off. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think for the head coaches, it's just like. They're just playing for their job, really. So they're like, who's the guy that could keep us mediocre at best? Yeah, you know? that's it's uh, Jeff. It's Jeff Fisher syndrome. I'm going to constantly go eight and eight. So like, I'm not bad, but I'm not good either. Yeah. Once again, right back to the Fessy references. Yeah. I mean, Fessy was the best college tight end in the history of uh, Fessy's mind. <laughs> I, he's probably the best tight end for his university. You know, oh, yeah. but I mean, the only person I ever know from that university is, I believe, is Terrell Owens came out of Tennessee Chattanooga, but that's it. Yeah, but he's a wide receiver, so we'll give we'll give Fessy tight end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll give him tight end. Did you see that highlight tape, bro? <laughs> fucking not the not the recruit me fucking highlight tape. <laughs> the only thing that was missing was like some 2008 rap music behind it. <laughs> and the highlight tape was playing against what like Cupcake University or just things I've never heard before Northwestern Virginia <laughs> State Technical Art University <laughs> shit <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to the Challenge Fandom Podcast. Want to thank you for joining us. We're going to be doing another episode of the Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable, where we break down season thirty-eight, the Challenge Rider Dies, episode six, 
come, Michelle, or high water. God damn it. Boom. That shit was live. <laughs> I am hyped. Are you guys hyped? Because I am fucking, fucking hyped. Fucking hyped. All right. Well, hey, I know last week, no introductions. Not going to make that same mistake. I, I'm trying to be better every day. A little bit better. That's it. <laughs> Growth. Growth. That's, that's the key right there. Anyways, my name's Ricky Hayes. I've got my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, sitting here next to me. And I've got the only Ragin' Cajun, Corey Viator, joining us. We are running a little bit light tonight. Uh, Tony and Josh could not make it. Um, they're feeling a little bit under the weather. Um, we made a little joke about that in the intro. If you didn't <laughs> hear it, go ahead and rewind it. But uh, guys, this episode, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really nice build off on the previous episode. Yeah. And as much as the foreshadowing tends to give away what's going to happen later in the episode, they threw us a couple curveballs in here. Yeah, no, absolutely. They they definitely did. And I also felt like the episode was I mean, there were moments in it I feel like okay, we didn't really need to see that. Like that didn't really end up playing into the overall story of the episode. But for the most part, like it was packed, like front to back. We had less confessionals this week than we normally do. There was way more conversations that we got to like see. Some of them again were pointless and some of them were, you know, ended up being really uh I don't know the word I'm looking for, but useful. But no, I enjoyed the episode. I have some thoughts about what happened during it, but overall I did enjoy it. Yeah, thoughts might be a way to put it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's tough. It's really tough to make this call because I I like I said earlier, we have the ability to look back on it and say, oh, this was a good move or this wasn't a good move. And we'll know more by next week on how good of a move any of this was. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, we're like I said earlier, we're all staunch believers in do what's best for your own personal game. Because I know if I was in there, I would do whatever the fuck I had to do that was best for my game to get to the end. So I can't fault anyone for thinking that's what they were doing. Yes. And I know uh, I want to put this out there real quick because I know if Tony was on, he would he would do it. So Devin had talked one time about how easy it is for, you know, fans to sit and judge. And say, oh, you know, I would do this or I would do that or whatever when they're watching the show versus when you're actually in there. And sometimes you just have to do what you have to do in that moment. And it may not end up being like the thing that works out the best, but it's just what the choice you make in the moment. So while we're going to be giving our opinions and our views tonight on what ended up happening and the way that it happened, we are keeping in mind that. You know, the situation is different when you're there in that moment and you have all that pressure sitting on you and you have these limited time windows or time frames to talk to people and to talk to each other and to make up your minds and all of that. So we are taking that account into account. And, you know, we highly suggest you guys do, too. With that being said, we definitely have some opinions. Well, shit, let's drop the mic and get into it. What do you guys say? Boom. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a... I thought it was a really good episode. I feel like like the rookie treatment on this season ended a little bit earlier, but that could also change when Jay Michelle leaves. Like it's nice to see not rookie, 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 rookie in there. Yeah. Yes. For a couple of weeks at least. But yeah, it was, a, it was a good episode. I feel like this season is definitely better than the last two seasons. I agree. Really enjoying it. I think it's been on a constant incline since Total Madness. 
in my personal opinion, but that's neither here nor there. Let's go ahead and get into this episode. So we, uh, we get brought back in as the, as everybody's walking back in the house from Olivia and Jack eliminating the Targaryens last episode. I had to say that because that's going to Laurel and Jack. I had to say (laughs) the Targaryens because that's going to be my last reference of them this year. I know (sighs) we missed that. I missed them this episode. It was, I noticed them gone. It was weird. Shout out to Rhaenyra and Damon. (laughs) um anyway so we get back everybody's you know um olivia and laurel are talking i didn't know they were close in the game but it kind of seems like they are from this yeah it seems like they have some sort of actual like friendship or something like olivia is like hugging her and they're talking and you know she's comforting laurel and it was just it was odd i didn't know that they were that they were close like that at least um, so that was kind of cool to see. And then we get a confessional here from Laurel that I actually really loved. And in this confessional, you know, because she's talking about Michelle and everything. And she says, you're just annoying. Can you just shut up and disappear? And I like I turned over to Rick and I was like, oh, spicy Laurel is back because I was like, she's pissed now. She's pissed now. And you better hope she doesn't fucking win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. After this, it, it's you know, it's really quick, that conversation. And then we go basically straight into the club scene yeah um which is different because we don't typically get the club scene right after an elimination it's typically after a daily from what i remember yeah typically it is and from everything like that we've talked to people we're like oh you know what order do you guys do stuff in that's usually what they say is after the daily they're usually sent out (laughs) i just want to say really quick and absolutely like no hate because she absolutely killed this whole outfit and this whole look like absolutely slayed she ate Whatever verbiage you want to use, that's what she did. But how is Olivia dancing in that top so confidently? Because I would be terrified that my boob would pull it. it, it I'm going to put a picture up because she looks so fucking hot. But I would be terrified because she's like dancing and stuff. And it just covers right over like the, the nipular area. What the fuck nipular. is a nipular? <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard it on a movie somewhere. I don't remember what movie it was, but it was funny. Anyway, I just want to say I did see a tweet. I forget who said it, but they said something along the lines that Olivia is like by the skin of the teeth, getting away with not getting M- MTV FCC fines. <laughs> right? And I was like, it's no, so true. And like I said, no fucking hate because she looks so good. She pulls these shirts off and stuff like that. But that one, I would have been scared to wear because, like, I would have been terrified that my boobs would just be falling out all night. And I was like, how she is so confident moving around in that shirt and i just want to know how that shirt works that makes her so confident that nothing's gonna fall out or maybe she don't give a fuck which more power yeah, maybe, to her maybe maybe they fell out we just didn't yeah, see it more power to her i love it she looked fucking hot i love it look i'm gonna be honest um when you're in your early 20s and you go to the bars and clubs you kind of realize that wardrobe malfunctions isn't just a thing at the super bowl so <laughs> true yeah <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But, but some of them are self-induced malfunctions. <laughs> yeah, some of them are. Yeah, you no, know, you know. Yeah, it's it could be awkward if you're sitting there talking with your buddy and his girlfriend. All of a sudden, you look over and it's just <laughs> just titty. <laughs> oh shit! When did you hey, join the titty, conversation? The <laughs> <laughs> fuck's up, dog? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dap up. <laughs> Got milk? <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, fuck. I don't know how we're supposed to transition from this to the fucking Nux part, but we're going to do it. So, after you drink some milk, um, you're going to come back and you're going to notice that Anissa and Jordan are actually sitting there talking about how... uh, This was sweet. How well Jordan did on the rowboat and how he never uses, you know, his hand as a hindrance. Or an excuse, or you know, she's yeah. just Anissa's just really talking him up. It almost sounded to me like she was tearing up a little bit in the moment. I don't know if she was, right, but but it sounded like that a little bit, and it was really sweet. Well, look, I think, and she talks about the representation that it yes. means for both of them, and it it is a bigger theme than just a TV show at that moment because there are little kids that have the same the same. Uh, issue with their hand that Jordan does. Mm-hmm. Well, he met the one malformity on, on or, Instagram. Uh, yeah, and he posted about one today, and he's giving them the representation yeah. and showing that it's awesome that this isn't something that's going to set you back. You can overcome everything. You can be great at anything you want to become, and it's not going to hurt you. Yep. And then as well for Anissa with the representation that she's meant for. I mean, the LGBTQ community over the years and the Jewish community, Jewish community and and, and African-American community and so on. Women and just all of general, Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really cool confessional that was kind of gives you an idea that some of these partnerships are bigger than just this at this season. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And honestly, the more I see of Jordan and Anissa and the way that they work together, I mean, I'm still not like fully like, okay, yeah, they're ride or dies. But I do see like a stronger connection between them than what we've ever really been shown on the on the show before. And that's understandable. You know, the story's never really needed to show if they have a good connection. But you can tell in moments like this that there is a connection and there are, you know, there is love there between those two. And it's it's nice to see that. Yeah. Uh I was going to say, it seems like, I don't know for sure. It's just what I'm getting from it. It seems like Anissa might have always been a little standoffish from Jordan, even with him being with Tori. She might have been the protective best friend, but it just seems like she's letting her wall down and getting to know Jordan on a different level than she has before and just appreciating him. And that's kind of what I was thinking is like, they might not be ride or dies coming into this game, but I have a feeling when they leave it, it's going to be a lot more so. Yes. You know what I mean? I agree. I think there's a few pairs here that are like that, and we'll actually get into that a little bit more later in the episode. Yes. Oh, shit. I'm excited. There's another example of that later in the episode. But actually, right after this is kind of, I guess, another episode is Bananas and Nani. And, you know, Bananas goes and sits next to her and checks in on her. And they talk about how confident they feel together. And she's talking about, you know, that her motivation is her mom and she really wants to win. And Bananas is saying that he wants, you know, he wants her to win. He wants to help help her win. I did notice, though, that like while they were talking, Bananas says to Nani, he's like, you know, we're going to get that win or we're going to die trying. And I was like, did they like switch up the titles or something like that? And like, because <laughs> like, last all last week, we kept waiting for a reason why they named it. Get rich or die trying. <sighs> oh, and then, hell no. And then this week <laughs> is the week that this, the it said perfectly. This would have been the fucking episode to name it that like I was like, who did this? Because you should be fired. <laughs> MTV, y'all fucked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> That reminded me of when on All Stars, I forgot the exact quote, but when TJ said, this daily is paramount. 
Y'all see yeah. what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. That was funny. Oh, shit. Um, all right. So here's my thing. This is where the club scene kind of ends. And I have an over like a thought on having the club scene right after the the elimination. And mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't either. Because there's no tension there. There's no reason for them to really talk outside of let's celebrate because, you know, we probably have tomorrow off and then we got to go back into a daily kind of thing. Right. I, I really do think it should be daily club scene, then go to elimination because you have that buildup of that anticipation and it, it gives you a better chance of confrontation and, and not that confrontation makes the show, mm-hmm. but it does help it. I'm going to be honest. No, a- absolutely. It, it definitely does. And I do agree with that. The The club scene just felt very flat this episode. It was fun to watch them have fun, but like probably one of the most exciting moments in the in the whole scene was Number one, wondering if we were going to get a slip out of, you know, Olivia's shirt. And number two, watching, you know, Nelson start to celebrate pulling that block out of the Jenga thing as it's tipping over. And you're just sitting there watching him like, do you not see it tipping over right now, bro? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) That's about it. Kind of reminds me of that, like uh, that gif where I, fuck, I think it's Nick Young and he goes to shoot the three and he like and turns, turns around, around and, and walks bricks. away and it fucking bricks. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. yeah, exactly. Well, like, oh my God. Well, you took the Nelson and Jenga scene away from that, but I took the, oh shit, we saw Kenny. Oh yeah. my God, I know, right? We did. Dude. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck. Like there was like, like you said, like a three thousand percent <laughs> increase on Kenny and Casey time from last episode. Will last like three episodes. To I this know episode. they're yeah. getting a terrible edit this season. I don't understand why. Like she's well, literally the reigning I mean, champ. Like we understand why. I know why. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, I get it. I, just, <laughs> I mean, look, I get it. Like, and I'm not mad. Even that they, like confessionals, though. Too though. Like, I don't know. It's just weird well i mean like what drama has she had yeah what part of the storyline but even like even this episode where they she was part of like the drama she got two they got two confessionals she got two she got two she got two (laughs) that's it i feel like their family dinners are just silent (laughs) (laughs) you you eat you tell your mother thank you and you walk away it's like a scene from American Beauty, just classical music playing in the background. Oh my god! <laughs> Kenny coughs, and the dad's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> Can you please pass the salt? <laughs> oh man! Use your inside voice. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Oh, the dad's god. probably military. That makes it makes so much sense if the dad was military. It would. It yeah. would. I mean, yeah, it probably would. But with that being said, I think hopefully we get more of them in the future. I mean, we'll like, see. I, I uh, want to let me know something about this team. Something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I know a lot of people hate on her and shit. I like Casey. I don't, I can't, I wish I could say the same about Kenny. I just don't know a lot well, about that's him. What, but, that's <laughs> but what, I do like Casey. And, you know, so it's just like, it's just, it's just weird to me. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, oh. well, I, I love Casey on Big Brother. Uh, I, I loved her on Big Brother. I really yes. did. Yeah. Like, I thought yeah. she was fantastic. And I just yeah. think it's the fact that she doesn't get shown that maybe we're missing something. But yeah, on Big Brother, she was, she was probably my favorite from that season. She, yeah, I liked her a lot on Big Brother. You know, like, low-key, like, they're giving Kenny the D-edit. 
Like you don't even know he's <laughs> yeah. fucking there. What did he do? Ooh, yeah, like I'm trying to did figure. Did he do something? Did he put up a bad tweet or something? <laughs> oh. No, um, we would have heard about it by yeah, now. Yeah, we were. But, but I mean, still, it's just weird. But it's like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's the, like the D editor, you know? Yeah. I mean, you get a quick it's, scene of a month at a daily, usually. And, is, and yeah. It is what it is, but it's just like, why are you casting these people if you're not going to give them any fucking airtime? Like, I got more. We've gotten more airtime of people cuddling Fessy and Fessy being jealous about other people cuddling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do want to say, though, like at the beginning of the season, like before it had actually started, I think it was like premiere night. I talked to Mariah uh, on Instagram and I had told her, Name you know, drop. Shut up. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had told her, you know, that we're really excited to see her on the show and blah, 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 blah. And she had replied. She was like, you know, she was like, well, we'll see how much they even show me. I was really nervous being around cameras like that for my first time. I was like, that's totally understandable. So, like, I don't know, maybe like, like I, I try to keep that in mind with like people like Kenny who, who haven't been on TV before that. That's we I would feel weird having cameras just all around me all the time. I wouldn't want to have conversations like that. I'd be sneaking off to have conversations in fucking corners and shit. And, like, <laughs> Not at the bar. <laughs> Give me yeah. two beers. I'm like, what's up, guys? You want to talk? <laughs> Can I break the fourth wall? Well, well, I don't know how to tell you this, Karina, but the government's always watching. Yeah. And secondly, <laughs> the thing with Casey is it's just like, like I said, I love doing Big Brother, but they show her so little. So it's like every time we do see her now, it feels so forced. Yeah. It's just like, oh, here's Casey. And yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they do that. To I don't know. I don't know. They're just like, hey, do you remember Nani's girlfriend, Casey? <laughs> yeah. Don't forget this person's here. <laughs> like oh, when man. they named him, I was like, who? Who? Oh, shit. No, oh, shit, they're on this season. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. God, people are going to fucking hate me after this. I'm, just, I'm in a talk shit mood, but it is what it's it gonna is. It's going to be a trash talk night, guys. It, it it's really just is. what it is. That's what I said with foreshadowing. I thought, uh, for Casey and Kenny, this episode was going to end differently. We saw him so much. Yeah, dude. And we only saw him twice, but it was so much more than we've seen. <laughs> I was like, they are going into elimination. <laughs> it's facts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, after the club scene, we get back to the house and then we get a scene the next morning of, you know, the guys working out. Jack's out there doing his fucking squat thrust or whatever. Get a sweet burn. <laughs> get a sweet burn in your thighs <laughs> you don't if you don't know that reference go watch blades of glory <laughs> but anyways jay comes up and uh they kind of joke around at the at the gym and they kind of get into the thing about how chinese takeout is no more and uh <laughs> you know maybe they're gonna write some breakup songs i'm like well fuck it worked for fleetwood mac <laughs> let's fucking hear Bags, it dude, dude, let's, let's get go this. <laughs> but I think, uh, and Jay, Jay kind of goes, you know, every, uh, every friendship is built on insults, which is true, at least with me and my friends, it absolutely is. Facts. But I, I've also never tried to have my friend eliminated from winning a million dollars. So yeah, just putting that out there. <laughs> well, that just means he's not a very good friend. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with all due respect and I love my friends, but I am sure they would fucking murder me for a million dollars and vice versa. Yeah, I, exactly. And that's my thing. Like, look, I get it. And, and I love Jack and I love Laurel. And like, I think people are justified to get upset when they get thrown into elimination or when their friends like, backstab them you know quote unquote especially if they had some sort of agreement i understand getting upset 
but to like completely like throw away a friendship or a potential friendship because obviously like Jay and Jack weren't really super close. Like they met on the show. So it wasn't like they've been like best buddies for 20 years or anything, but you know, it's just like, you both can't win. You both can't win. And eventually you're going to have, you know, like it's just, you got to understand that like, you're both there for the same reason and it's money. And Jack's got to understand like he's a test to Laurel arguably the goat like none right. of the other females want to see yeah. her <laughs> nobody end, wants to see her in a yeah, final not, yeah. and it, you know and we've talked about this a lot before especially pertaining to people like ct people like uh jordan people like bananas you have a better chance of beating people like ct bananas jordan people like laurel you have a better chance of beating those people in an elimination during the season or getting them out in one way or another than you do beating them in the final. It's just, it just is what it is. What? I just, God. the glaring omission of one name from that list. Banana. <laughs> Two and nine in finals. You got a better chance of beating her in the final than you do in elimination. I didn't say anything about Kara. I exactly. just was talking about exactly, Laurel. Exactly, bro. Exactly. You leave <laughs> off every male goat, and then you said Laurel. I was <laughs> just stopped. <laughs> that the male ones we've talked about it before. You are making something and it's not. You're such a. Sometimes what you don't say speaks volumes. Yeah. I'm just saying. But there's there's a very high chance that Cara's gonna cry in a final. Look, yeah. my my grandmother taught me if you don't have something nice to say, just don't say anything at all. Okay, so I just don't say anything at all. I stopped at Laurel. I could have gone to like Emily Schramm. You don't want to take her to a final. Evelyn, you don't want to take her to a final. Jenny West, you probably don't want to take her to a final or an elimination, but. <laughs> Bro, they've gotten so fucking good at that. They just keep making her an alternate. So yeah, she's never going doing, to a final. For so. you. <laughs> Best of luck on that one. All Fuck. Right. Oh my but, God. Then, but then Casey's still there with yeah. Kenny. <laughs> They, she broke. She broke the fucking. She broke the cur the, yeah. the streak. Yeah, female champ become an alternate, but like, was, we're, and yeah, we're we're gonna let you on, but we're still not gonna show you at all. <laughs> she, dude, the alternates have gotten more airtime than Kenny. Yeah, then Casey. You know, Casey got two confessionals this time. <laughs> I think she's up to three total for the season. There's yeah, more episodes than there are confessionals. Olivia and Horacio got a very low score this week compared to the rest of their weeks, and they still got like seven. <laughs> I've seen Tori and Devin do more beaver tail handshakes and I've seen Kenny confessionals. Okay, we gotta stop ripping into Casey and Kenny. We gotta move on. We're just working off the edit, guys. Look, I'm gonna be honest. If you're looking for like sound, like reasonable thinking, these aren't the episodes you want to listen to. That's that's the challengers unplugged. We're we're fucking rational on those. Yeah. But while we're ragging on him, I will say that in recent memory, Casey's one of the top tier female competitors. She's oh, an yeah. absolute beast. Yeah. But outside of competition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's my thing. If I was building like uh, my season 40 best of the best, like she, I'd absolutely have her fucking on there. Right. As one of the female champs. But like you said, it's just they're getting a shit at it this season. Yeah. And we're poking a little bit of fun, but we still love them. Oh, yeah. I love Casey. I love her. But so on your season 40, Rick. Yeah. You'd have Jenny as an alternate, right? 
Of course. <laughs> I got to give everybody else a fucking chance. <laughs> Dream of doing anything else. But but we're bringing Nicole Z in. So Jenny's going to come in week three off an injury. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole Z. Oh, Damn. Fuck. Poor Nicole Z, dude. <laughs> Telling you, it's called yeah. trash talk roundtables for a reason. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, my favorite Nicole Z moment ever. It's not even of her. It's Devin saying, "I have no idea what my partner's saying." <laughs> he just yes. he just smiles and nods the whole fucking time. <laughs> oh my god! Still like one of the funniest moments in challenge history. Oh. Honestly, in my opinion, is oh so god. good. Dude, some of his lines in Double Agents are by far the best I've that's ever heard. That's where he got so many of his fans. It's like that's where the fandom flipped on Devin completely. Like they went from absolutely freaking just despising him on what was the one Final, Final Reckoning, Reckoning yeah. right? Just despising him. And then all of a sudden, Double Agents, everybody loves Devin. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Well, I mean, I think just real quick and I'll let you go, Corey. I I know eight times nine and Big Brother sucks and eat my ass. Josh is all like <laughs> classic Devin lines. But the one that gets me is you can borrow my sweatsuit if you ask nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking every time. So good. I, I just think with Devin, I don't even think it was the one liners, which he grew on a lot of people this seasons. But the earlier seasons, his whole personality was hating bananas. Yeah. Even yes. even on Final Reckoning. For, well, definitely on Final Reckoning. But that was his yeah. whole personality. And you got him without bananas. And it was just so much more enjoyable. And it was it was him. Yes. I agree with that. And I also think that, like, in his earlier seasons, he wrote a lot on, like, being that, you know, the, the picked on one. Like, he has all the older brothers and all his brothers always picked on him. And now he comes in the challenge and everybody's always picking on him. And... He, you know, he's always getting drunk and trying to fight people. And, you know, just, I think that that for me personally, my opinion started to change of him because I watched him on Are You the One? But my personal opinion of him started to change on like Rivals 3 when he was with Cheyenne. And then, you know, I had some ups and downs with him. And then, you know, obviously y'all know where I stand now. But yeah, I definitely think that he his edit definitely changed and he grew up a lot in that time frame. And yeah, people freaking love him now. And I, I know not everybody does, but there's a large majority of the fan base that likes him now versus, you know, like three years ago. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. One thing I'll say is certain people just like, I, I, there's no other way to put it. Like people that are like funny assholes. Yeah. And Devin is a funny fucking asshole. I think he needed to perfect the recipe. I think that it took him some time and he was, you know, he was younger when he was on Are You The One and when he was on his first couple of seasons of The Challenge. But I think he's he's perfected his recipe and for how his humor works and how people perceive it, except for Turbo. And uh, he's done really well. <laughs> you mean the greatest <laughs> wedding guest ever? <laughs> Oh man! If anyway, he, I'm gonna send him a wedding invite just to send it, just to Devin? see if he co- no oh, turbo, turbo, just to see if he shows up. But if he does, he only gets a fork. <laughs> no knives for this yeah. guy. Yeah, dude, fuck that. <laughs> oh my god, that would be crazy. So sending Devin a wedding invite. I gotta send John Murray a fucking wedding invite <laughs> for creating this goddamn show. Right. Um, but anyway, the, back to the show. Yeah, the next housing we get is 
the next housing we get is actually uh, a relationship I've seen a lot on social media, and I've been waiting to see if it was going to play out in the house at all, which was uh, Laurel and Mariah. And they're sitting down, looks like what's the living room of this fucking mansion they live in. Um, and they're kind of talking back and forth. And we find out that Orasio uh, has a girl at home that he really likes. And he told Laurel about it. And, you know, Laurel automatically, I, you know, she's gets kind of pulls away, you know, and I understand moved out of the room. Yeah, moved out of the room. You can tell she's hurt, hurt by it. And you can tell Orasio's kind of fucking down about it as well. Yeah, he he feels bad about it. I do want to interject just really quick because I picked up a little bit of tea earlier today, scrolling through the social medias. And uh, apparently, so there was a live the other night with Jay and Nelson. And they were answering questions and addressing certain situations. And apparently, Nelson told Laurel because Orasio has been going around the house talking about this girl to Nelson and everybody else. And so Nelson was like, look, like they might not be like official, like boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, official, but she's important enough or, you know, in a situation enough with Orasio for him to walk around and tell Nelson about it, who he doesn't really know outside of, you know, meeting him on the show and such. And, so I found that kind of interesting that apparently it was Nelson who informed Laurel. And then I'm sure she probably went and approached Orasio and talked to him and he confirmed it. And then, you know, she moved out, bloody, da 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 da. But so I brought this up just because I've heard this and Laurel addresses directly on she? Twitter. OK. And she goes, if Nelson said this, I'm disappointed that he lied. Orasio and I were talking in our room and I asked a question that led Orasio to tell me what happened or that when he got home, he was going to ask the girl he had been dating prior to be his girlfriend. Mm, OK, so, so disregard my tea. Uh, there's apparently some sort of misunderstanding Nelson believes he told Laurel. Laurel says that that never happened. So I guess we'll never actually know. Um, but with Laurel and Orasio being firsthand to the story, I'm going to go with theirs just because I tend to go with the firsthand experiences. And Orasio has been backing Laurel up on everything online, really. So, well, I mean, I think, you know, not to say that Nelson isn't telling some part of the truth, but. How much is being said when you're in the club or you're it's late at night and you guys have all had a bunch of drinks and right or, you know, who knows? I mean, God, the whole game is built on fucking deception. Well, so, and it, it could even just be something as small as, you know, like verbiage, like Nelson tells Laurel, like, oh, you know, he's got a girlfriend, but he doesn't have a girlfriend. He has a girl at home that he likes and, you know, is trying to make it, you know, so. And Laurel might just might not register that if he says like, oh, he's got a girlfriend. She's like, no, he doesn't. You're fucking stupid. You know? And yeah. on top of that, I mean, I don't want to just say just girls because guys are stupid, too. But, you know, when you're in a situation like that, I don't want to say like falling in love, but, you know, going through those emotions and stuff with somebody, you tend to overlook things that you may be told from other people or, you know, small little signs that you see. It just happens. So. I don't know. I feel bad for them. I liked them. They were very cute, but I think that Laurel made the right decision. She did not want to get in the middle of something that was already progressing. And I respect her for that. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's they seem to be very friendly online to this day. So looks I mean, like she, she could have been like other people and said, fuck that girl you got at home. 
Yeah. And that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. I'd say everything else we've seen for from Horacio is that he's a very respectful person. Yeah. And I I just kind of feel like he was maybe a little standoffish with her, which the edit kind of shows, and maybe she just asked why and he told her. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was any ill intent or any of that. No. And it could have just been a simple like misunderstanding, maybe. Arasio was looking at it as more of like we're just friends and Laurel was looking at it as more or vice versa. Or I think who fucking knows. I think that's know? really what it was. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's a relationship between two people that only those two people really know what's going on and it's for them. So And you know what? I just want to point out because like there's people out there who are saying like really nasty stuff about Laurel and like, you know, how could this, you know, nasty bitch like think that somebody like Horacio would want her, blah, 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 blah. That's fucking And I just want to say you're stupid as shit. And Horacio did leave a really beautiful message on Laurel's page the other day on her Instagram after she was eliminated. And, you know, they're very friendly with each other, very sweet. And he's made it very clear how he felt about her during their time together. And you know, so I just wanted to point that out. I think you're stupid as shit because yeah, I don't think somebody that. I don't think somebody like Horacio would just like be spending that type of that kind of time with Laurel if he didn't want to. It's not like he had to, you know, Yeah, that one guy specifically that came out of nowhere. I clicked on his name and that's his first <laughs> post ever. Like he just came yeah. just to say that specifically. Yeah. He said a lot of stupid look, shit. But. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody's got a fucking opinion. And some days I miss when there wasn't chat and we didn't have to hear everybody's fucking opinion. But mm-hmm. now we're here and you're listening to our podcast. So listen to our opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, <laughs> look, like here, I'm just going to kind of put a kibosh on this and then move us forward. Yes. At the end of the day, it's between Horacio and Laurel. Yes. And whatever fucking works for them works for them. And it's none of our fucking business. And let's be honest, the challenge house is very similar to the Olympic village as in they probably go through a shit ton of condoms there. Yeah. And these people are all good looking and single for the most part. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're going to have fun and sometimes feelings get hurt and that's just the way it is. Yeah. The difference is, is when yours or mine or anyone listening's feelings get hurt, it's not on fucking television. It's in the privacy of our our lives. Exactly. Anyways, getting off the Debbie Downer train, let's go ahead and get back onto this daily train. Yeah, let's let's, let's talk about this daily. God, I miss CT. I do miss CT a lot. I do. If they ever do that dugout competition, they got to bring him in just to host, even if he's not doing the challenge anymore. Yeah, just to call the game. Yeah, MC that shit like fucking Jeff Probst. (laughs) But uh, I agree. So the name of this uh, daily is called Down the Line. I'm going to be able to kind of break this down really easily compared to what TJ did. Basically, there's two bags in the dirt. You and your partner have to dig and grab them. The first one to grab a bag goes to a crankshaft that's hooked up to a zip line. You got to fucking move that crankshaft and move a buoy. The other partner that you left behind has to dig up the second bag that's deeper. Go run to the zip line. Go down that motherfucker. However far you got that crankshaft down is how far they're going to go. And then they have to swim to the pet, uh, the little buoy or the platform platform. Thank you. These two bags, they empty them out. It's got a bunch of letters. You got to put together words. I believe it's five words, five, five letter words, five, five letter words. And they all have to be 
in regards they to... They don't know this, but they're all partner-related words. Partner-friendship-related words. But they're not told that, so... And they run it in two heats. Boom. Bingo bongo. There you go. Done. <laughs> what did you think about this daily? I actually like it. So here's my thing. I like when there's multiple different aspects to a daily challenge. It's yeah. not just like jump in these giant plastic balls with springs on your feet and run into people like <laughs> that was fun to watch it was cool to watch like don't get me wrong yeah. or like watch us drive this car and try to pop balloons on other cars like that's just yeah. fucking dumb to watch yeah <laughs> but like dude and this is this is one of my biggest gripes about the challenge is they try to overproduce this shit so much that mm-hmm. they forget that people get hyped super fucking hyped every four years to watch people run around a circle on a track. Yeah. Like you don't have to do a whole lot (laughs) to get people hyped about competition. Yeah. Yeah. Just let the competition speak for itself. Yeah. I agree. I liked, I like this daily. Uh, It felt very survivor ish to me having the different, the three different stages like that of, you know, the running, the digging, the zip lining, the puzzle. But I did enjoy it and it was actually fun to watch because you got to, you know, and positions changed constantly. Like these people would, you know, get into first and then their partner couldn't find the second bag. So other people got ahead of them and, you know, positions continued to change and people couldn't figure out the words down at the end. And it was just it, for me, it was one of my one of the more enjoyable dailies this season to watch, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoyed it. And I mean, do you want to go through everything that happened in this daily or do you want me to just kind of give an abridged version of it? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really wanted to point out that I found funny um, in Heat 1 was that Laurel and Jack are in Heat 1 and they go running to go dig up their, you know, go to their color coded spot to go start digging for their puzzle pieces. And it's like this bright pink that's like the exact same color as Jack's hair at that moment. And I was like, I wonder if they did that on purpose and gave the girl with pink hair the pink one. (laughs) I was like, that's pretty cool. That is right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, you don't have to go through it. You can just. I'll just give it real quick. Heat one is Banani, Laurel, Jack, Mariah Fessy, Anissa Jordan, Tori and Devin, Jay Michelle. Um the main strategy on this is it really matters how good you are at uh you know crosswords and how fast you can dig in the dirt with your bare hands yeah um because what the crank thing is easy yeah and what we see is if you have at least an a little bit of an advantage at the crank like you your partner gets there before Mm -hmm. you get to the zip line yeah you're only gonna have to swim like five feet yeah it's not a huge swim it's not like you're swimming 50 feet yeah like nelson literally dropped and like did two strokes and was there doggy paddled over real quick and yeah yeah but the really the sad part about this is laurel and jack being in the first heat didn't have the advantage of watching other teams go decided that jack should go to the crankshaft and laurel would stay behind digging at the second bag and then mm-hmm. do the zip line yeah and this daily was really set up for the girl to leave first and the guy to keep digging yeah because they put that second bag pretty deep down there and she had a real struggle with it, like a real, real struggle with it. And and she kind of had a little bit of a breakdown, which I wanted to say is nice to see from Laurel. Um, Sad. It's sad and it's touching, but it gives you that emotional connection to her as more than just the competitor that we typically know Laurel to be. Well, and it was just, it was, yes, I do agree with you, but it was, it was, heart-wrenching because her explanation in her confessional is she's like you know i have this huge reputation 
and I can't even find a fucking bag in the dirt. And so it's like you can tell the kind of pressure that sits on these people that do have these reputations like the Laurels, the CTs, the Jordans. And, you know, it's just it's again, it's it's a real moment. It's a, a moment beyond the show and shows that these people are human and they go through the same types of emotions and pressures that we do just in a different way. Yeah, 100 percent. The other thing that I kind of noticed on this, and I've debated on myself if I was going to bring this up on the podcast. You better bring it up. I'm going to. um, Is what happened with Bananas and Nani when they got down there. Yeah. Bananas is obviously fucking around. He's not trying to win. and But you can see that Nani is. And all of a sudden, you, you see Nani kind of flip, and she gets pissed off at Bananas, and which is he under- starts shouting out the words that she's getting on the board. He's like, yeah. "Oh, pears? Yeah, that's a oh, buddy, that's a great one." Like talking super loud next to Tori and Devin, and she got mad and hit him. And from the edit, it seemed like she hit him multiple times. Yeah. And the only reason I bring this up is because I think we always talk about like double standards and all of this other shit, like. If the shoe was on the other foot and he was doing that, it'd be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. It'd be, the you fans know, would be rioting. Yeah. It would, it, it just, I don't know. It just didn't sit with me right. Now, do I think that Nani is an abusive person? No. I think, no. I think her and Bananas are more like, I don't want to say related. Really, really good friends. I made the brother, like the brother sister type reference earlier, and I was like, "God, that feels so nasty." But that's yeah. what 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 if what the moment yeah, felt they're like not for fucking me. Targaryens, all right? <laughs> that's what the moment felt like for me. You know, yeah. like when you're like your brother says something stupid, your sister, your sibling, or whatever says something stupid, and you're like, "Shut the fuck up," and you, you give them that little backhand smack on the arm or whatever, but. You know, it it was just, I don't know. It felt odd. I, I didn't like that she was hitting bananas. Like there's other ways to communicate with your partner. And bananas actually had a confessional in this moment. And he said, look, Nani, you can be mad at me for whatever you want. And you can be mad at me for as long as you want in private. But don't do this in front of our competition. And he's right. Yeah. I just think this plus other things so far, I just think it kind of shows that Nani wasn't ready to be on this season with the no. passing of her mom. Agreed. And it's just like, cause on every other season, like she's just like, she's kind of digressed from being the life of the party, but she's just always upbeat and, you know, adding to the, Oh, everyone have a good time. And it's just the season. There's been multiple signs that she's just not ready to be on it. And I think this was just another one. Yeah, I agree. I, I do too. I think, I think, is as noble as it is that she's trying to win this for her mom. And it really isn't. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think you're right. It, she just emotionally, it's, you know? it's hard to come into a game like this. I would assume with that on your chest. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go to work with that on your chest. You know what I you mean? You almost become like consumed with what's, what's going on and what you're fighting for, which may seem like a, a good thing, but you know, you can get too deep into that to where, you start losing sight of other things that you should be handling when you're in a game like this. And I think that that's, you know, something that Nani's probably like experiencing at the moment because it's, you know, it shows in her actions and the way she treats people and the way she, how quick she is to react to certain situations. And I'm not saying that she's wrong. Like I would have been very upset with bananas in that moment as well. I just wouldn't have made the same choices that she did. And, yeah. There's another, you know, moment later in the show that we'll t- we'll get into when we get there, but where she has a conversation with Michelle and 
you know, her reaction is just very abrupt. And I don't know. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I do agree. I don't necessarily think that she was emotionally ready to be here. Yeah, I agree with you. That later scene just kind of yeah. brings home the point. But yes, yeah, yeah, just... I agree. I do think it reinforces it. Anyway, so getting back to this first heat, um, it looks like Devin, Devin and Tori are really making some progress on this. They've got four words and they can't figure out the last one. And she's like, she says something. She's like, what is Gameo? Like she can't figure out what these letters are. Mm-hmm. And it flips over to Jay and Michelle and they've got four words up and Michelle goes, Jay taps into his, uh, his Spanish heritage, Spanish <laughs> heritage and realizes it's Amigo and they call for check and they get it right. So they win the first heat. Laurel never even finishes the dig and she is just heartbroken. Yeah. It's it it's tough. Yeah. Um, so we get into the second heat, and in the second heat, we've got uh, Narice and Nelson, uh, Olivia and Horacio, Bamber and Chauncey, Veronica and Darrell, and that's oh no, I'm sorry, Casey and Kenny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not as much as bananas because they cut over to the fucking the people from heat one standing there watching oh ET my go, God. and they've got fessy in the very front and bananas goes it's a good thing we've got fessy standing right up front so we can all have a real good view <laughs> and i just fucking <laughs> lost it <laughs> Like, I'll give a fuck. It was so good. That was like probably my favorite part of the whole fucking episode. It's one of the best things. Oh my God. It was so perfect. It was so perfect. It was really good. (laughs) And I rarely say that about stuff bananas like bananas says, but that was that was fucking funny. (laughs) So in this heat, it's actually it it looks a lot closer. Um, Everybody gets all their bags. Yeah. And then we get down there and based on the edit, it seemed like they got down there and solved this shit really quick. And that's Orasio and Olivia. Yeah. Like it seemed like they fucking done. Spoiler alert. They win well, their it was heat. The, so really quick though. I just want to point out. So uh, Darrell, Darrell actually goes down the zip line, which at first I was like, whoa, he's, he's riding the zip line down. Mr. Like scared of heights and all of that. But he, it's probably a good thing that he did. Uh, but anyway, he gets down there and they get up on and they start solving the puzzle. And Darrell says to Veronica and they were there before Jay and or I'm sorry, before Olivia and Horacio had started, had finished solving their puzzle. And they had that last word to get. And Darrell says to her, he says, we should probably start thinking about different languages. And Veronica says, no, it won't be in a different language. And then, like, the very next scene is um, Olivia and Horacio standing there, and all of a sudden, Horacio just looks down, and he puts in Amigo. He reached into his, you know, his background and was able to pull out the word Amigo, and they won the round. Yeah, it, it was actually, it was really impressive. Uh, the five words were buddy, pairs, squad, Amigo, and mates. Yep, yep. And then, uh, so we get to uh, the end of the daily. TJ assembles the whole cast like they're the fucking X Men, <laughs> and uh, informs us that, of course, uh, Olivia and Horacio and Jay and Michelle both won their respective heats and were very close. But one team did a little bit faster, and that team was Jay and Michelle. Yeah. So back to back daily wins, making a big fucking statement. You can't Huge. go into elimination if you keep winning dailies. Facts. Big statement. Back to back wins. 
you know, it was it was definitely impressive. I didn't expect them to win in back to back wins, but then, you know, they did and good for them. But I do have a question before we get into deliberation and nominations and all of that. Yeah. At this moment, when Jay and Michelle won, what did you think that they were going to do? Like, did you think that they were going to switch up their approach from what they did last week? Or did you think they were just going to go all the same names down the board and just, you know what? These people are already pissed. Just keep the same people pissed. I didn't think they were going to do all the same names. Well, I thought they would have done the one because. Well, yeah, but I figured they would have switched another one up. Like okay. I thought they were going to go once they won. I knew Laurel and Jack right away. Yeah. I figured Veronica and Darrell. And then I thought they would switch out and add in bananas and Nani. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to look at like a Fessy Mariah and Nelson Norice, mm. um, you know, something to that effect. Right. Even a Devin or Tori, honestly, before Nelson and Reese, because I know Jay and Nelson are actually really close. Right, right. Yeah. And we hadn't learned about the 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 one day deal yet. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought that after the conversation they had with Jordan and Anissa last week right. and kind of the conversation that we're going to talk about here in the deliberation mm-hmm. where they're talking to him, I thought they had kind of come to an agreement, which was like look, we're not going to throw you in. You guys aren't our target, blah, 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 blah. Right. Which we later find out turns out to be complete bullshit. So no, I, (laughs) I didn't think that they were going to completely change up the game like they did. Right. Yeah, I didn't either. Honestly, I, I, to be honest, I expected the same three teams, Laurel and Jack, Veronica, Durrell, Jordan and Issa. And then I expected them, them to replace that four spot with bananas, Nani and call it good. And that way they didn't piss anybody else off in the house. Uh, I guess I guess the thing I don't understand is they did a IOU with Bananas and Nani, but mm-hmm. so you guys have an IOU, but we're going to throw you in this week. Yeah, it was just it was it was really weird. And yeah. Corey, now that you're back, I, I put up a question to Rick. I want to ask you two really quick before we move into deliberation and nomination. So Jay and Michelle win back to back, you know, won the the daily. At this moment, when you were watching the episode, did you think that they were just going to go the same route that they had gone last week, obviously replacing the one name because Kim and Colleen were gone? Um, or did you think that they were going to change up their nominations entirely? Um, I thought they were going to put Bananas and Nani in just because they took so much heat. Like that was the only really rebuttal they got from everyone. Right. It was like they already, but uh, I forgot who it was. Maybe Casey was like, you only had to replace one team in yeah. nominations, not two teams. And yeah, I didn't think they were going to replace two. But they turned it into a mess. I thought <laughs> if they would, they would have replaced it with different people that they did. Yeah, yeah. So um, from this point, we go from that into deliberation. And even before deliberation, we actually get what Michelle and Jay, in my opinion, should have done last week, which was talk to people before you nominate them to go down the arena before you even do the challenge which is what we find out that michelle did she's talking to bamber and she tells bamber that her and devin the night before the challenge had made a one-day deal if jay and michelle win they won't say tori devin's name and vice versa now i mean she's telling bamber this which probably isn't the best idea because yes while you do have friends and alliances in this house again you're all playing for the same money 
Bamber is not thrilled that Michelle is just making deals left and right throughout the house. And she makes a comment about how or a confessional anyway, about how, you know, Michelle's going hard and she's making way too many deals around the house. And it's it's getting really messy, which yeah. is true. It's it's not Survivor. You can't make deals with everyone. I mean, there's only a few people that can really pull that off. Yeah. And none of them are really on this season. So <laughs> I just think Gary and Michelle, you know, they want a couple. I think any other season they would be sitting pretty, but you gotta nominate four teams. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people do that. It is. If they did this last season, piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. because the partners change so much and and you know, it's partners change all the time, and not only that you only have to name nominate one team to go in. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Nominating four is, is it, definitely yeah. affecting it, the game, but it, I like it because it's making it, it messy. Super messy. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> as a fan, yes. The next thing we get is uh, Jay and Michelle go and talk to Jordan and Nisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so say that they're going to do the same people. Jordan says, you put us in because you didn't know where we stand. Now you guys know. So why are you guys putting us in? Like, you know, we're not going to fucking come for you. Yeah. Quote unquote. I mean, I don't believe that shit, but well, yeah. and he said he said he was like, you know, this isn't going to be a tit for tat thing. Like, you know, we're not just going to like come for you guys because you threw us in. But if you continue coming for us, then we're coming after you, which, you know, again, I don't necessarily it makes sense, but I don't necessarily believe because Jordan has that mindset of, you know, he knows he's playing a game and he knows that no matter who's in the house, he's playing against them. And, you know, but it, it's a good point. It, it, I mean, it is. I think, all right, here, let's just get through this part yeah. first. They get into nominations and they're talking back and forth, Jay and Michelle, uh, about who they're going to nominate. And, you know, Jay makes a reference to Amber and Chauncey, the idea of throwing them in because he considers them dead weight, which is weird to say that about an ex champ. Yeah. But- I mean, I did see, again, a clip of that live that he did with Nelson where he was talking about this and he had said that. What he meant by dead weight is that he's in an alliance with these people and it's supposed to be an agreement of, you know, if I win, I keep you safe. If you win, you keep me safe. But they're not winning. So he feels like he's just dragging along these people who are constantly coming in last place. And he says that he said that Chauncey is a flop. You know, he's got Nelson called it popcorn muscles, which I find interesting that (laughs) Nelson would talk about this considering how bad he's done in daily challenges for the last God knows how many seasons, you know? So it was interesting to see, to see Nelson talk about how uh, disappointing Chauncey has been in dailies and such. And, you know, having just won his first one after losing 54 in a row, but figured I'd throw that little bit in there. Well, I mean, here's my thing. Like I get the way Jay's probably saying it, as far as like they haven't won and you know right. to pull no punches they haven't won i don't know what place they're getting in because the only place that matters is first so if you're not first you're last so everybody's last yeah nelson is coming last in all the dailies except one you know what i mean Jay like michelle last place four times <laughs> yeah four times in a row last place twice they've won yeah you know like so it, it, like i get it but at the same time like, I think it's also stupid because one, Michelle's seemingly the closest alliance she has outside of Jay is with Amber. Yeah. And even though we don't see Jay and Chauncey really talk much, they were all part of this whole rookie alliance thing. Right. So, like, 
it's just weird i get it like but at the same time if your main target is still getting laurel and jack out maybe amber and chauncey aren't a bad team to put in there against them i mean uh, yeah and i see that point but at the same time what are you doing at that point because like you said at this point in their game amber and chauncey is one of the only alliance members that they have left so you're going to throw them in with the vets the vets are already pissed at you so now you're going to have amber and chauncey pissed at you and then who do you have to work with from there fessy and mariah You know, I I just like it just I get why they didn't put Amber and Chauncey in. But uh, sorry, I'll I'll let you go ahead, Corey, because I want to talk about this next part that Jay says in uh, nominations. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely alliance with Michelle and Fessy that they're not showing when they won. They didn't put them in. But it's just like, man, is that really worth it? Because you throw them in and like that's no nobody else is mad at you. Yeah. Nobody else is upset. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, in that, here we're going to get into this as soon as we get through this part. But I know you want to talk about this. Yeah. So Jay starts talking to Michelle about what he wants to do, and he says, "Look, we'll put Laurel and Jack in as the direct vote, and then we'll put we'll nominate Bananas and Nani, and then we will also nominate two other teams." that are more likely to save each other than they are bananas. And that way we're forcing bananas to go up against Laurel and at least we'll get rid of one of the enemies, right? That's fucking smart. That is fucking smart. It is. But then the very next scene, they turn around and they decided to, for whatever reason, which we don't see in the edit, they switch it to give bananas and Nani the Alliance member down in the draw by nominating Casey and Kenny. So the four nominated end up being Laurel and Jack, Bananas and Nani, Casey and Kenny, and Jordan and Anissa. And I'm like, what happened to trying to force Bananas and not Bananas and Laurel against each other? I just I. I so here's my weird. thing. Based on their their conversations and what they've had up to this point, before they interview any of the teams they've just nominated, right. Their nominations don't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Based on the conversations they've had, because they just had a conversation with Jordan and Jordan Anissa. and Nisa talking about like how they're going to play this. But instead of throwing Darrell and Veronica and getting less blood on your hands, because it's just the same teams mm-hmm. and you're going to get the result that Jay wants, which is probably if Anissa or Jordan or Darrell and Veronica pulled a safe dagger, they're going to save each other. Yes. Very unlikely that Bananas gets saved in that situation. And if Bananas pulls it, he probably saves Darrell. So you're getting Jordan and Anissa. Right. I mean... It's like the best case scenario, in my opinion. And you get one less set of blood on your hands, right? And you don't have Nani so pissed at you because what ends up happening is... Nani doesn't even necessarily seem pissed that she's that she's nominated. It almost seems like her and bananas were pretty much expecting that, but she's very upset that she was put in at the same time as her girlfriend with a chance of, you know, a high, a higher chance of one of them going home, going into the elimination and potentially going home. And that seems to be like the, the base of her frustration and anger in this moment, because Casey was involved into the nominations you know so it it just it it didn't make casey putting casey and kenny in there just didn't make a lot of sense and let's say casey and kenny do end up getting you know thrown in to go against laurel and jack 
I just Casey like Kenny's gonna beat Jack and Casey's gonna beat Laurel. That's your guys's thought process. Yeah. I, I just I I don't it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think their their angle it seemed to be they wanted Anissa and Jordan Laurel Jack in anyways. That seems like that's what they wanted their angle to be, and that I think because they wanted Jordan and Anissa to beat Laurel, and it's like okay, I got one team mad at me going now. I got this new team. We'll worry about that later. But if that was your end goal, there's definitely a better way to go about it. And that's my theme is I'm like Jay. Yes. I've had conversations with Jay just through social media and he's, he's a fucking cool ass guy. And I don't take anything that happens in this show as a direct correlation to the person they are. Right. I I give everybody that benefit until they prove me differently. And thus far, no one has. Yeah. But if your goal is to get Laurel and Jack out, why would you do that? Why would you put in Jay? It just, it makes no fucking sense. Why wouldn't you go Fessy Mariah, Bananas Nani, Jordan and Nisa? And Laurel Jack, yeah. Laurel and Jack's your nomination. You put these three in there, you go, look, sorry, Jordan and Nisa, we wanted to not put you guys in. We want to work with you guys, but we can't afford to get more blood on our hands. This is two wins in a row. Yeah. We got to put up four fucking teams. You know, I'm sorry, but we're going to give you the option to save yourself. We're going to give you the best choice we can do. Well, and what's funny is that in the deliberation room, Michelle tells Jay that she talked to Darrell and Veronica and that Darrell straight told her, look, hey, we totally get it. Do what you got to do. We're not going to be upset about it. So you automatically don't have that team mad at you. That's one right off the board, plus the second one that ends up going home. So now you're only really worrying about two teams. Like, it just it just didn't make any sense. And I understand why they didn't put Fessy and Mariah in there. They made it clear a few episodes ago that they were trying to work with Fessy and Mariah. And, you know, I know Michelle has her little fling with Fessy and whatever, which blows my fucking mind because, girl, have you not already been down this fucking road before with Fessy? Why do I? Why do I remember that? <laughs> like, like literally in their mind, I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead, Corey. As we say, she's the side side piece. But, uh, yeah. but I just I just like hearing that. I just love Darrell because Darrell's always been like that. Like, just yeah. do whatever you're going to do. I'm not going to politic. I'm not going to try to sway you. Darrell doesn't do it, kiss do ass. Yeah, yeah. I love that about him. I love yeah. it so much. Well, I love it, too. He just he he knows what it is, you know. And here's my thing is. Even though we saw Jack last week, that kind of elimination that they did is not indicative of how good you're going to be in every elimination, obviously. Right. You throw Darrell Veronica in there. To me, they have just as much of a chance to beat Laurel and Jack as Bananas and Nani does. Or Jordan and Anissa. Yeah, because it's not like you're putting in Jordan versus Jack which is a one-sided battle. Right. You're also doing, you know, Anissa versus Laurel. Yeah. You know, where all of a sudden you might get the edge for more Jordan versus uh, Jordan and Anissa over Laurel and Jack, just based off experience between the two. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, they could have gone, gone amongst us so much differently, spared themselves the blood that they, that they've just got all over their hands mm-hmm. and actually had a, a way forward in the game. Yeah, But the way I'm looking at it now is what way forward do they have? Exactly. And that's my thing is like at this point, you have the entire house minus minus Fessy and Mariah and Bamber and Chauncey. 
because Nelson and Narice, as much as Narice thinks that she is going to be able to make some pool with her couple of rookie friends left, Nelson is never going to let that happen. And there's way more power on the vet side to keep them safe. So Nelson is going to fall into the vet side. It, it just is what it is. I, I already call it now. Well, Nelson so, is a vet. We're I know he is. Yeah. I know. But their team has been split all season. Yeah, and Norris has this idea that she is going to be able to call the shots to pull him towards the rookie side, which yeah. is almost non-existent at this point. So there's no point in doing that. You know, so at this point, you have so many people after you that now you have to win every single daily challenge from here until the final. If you want to be running in that final, because otherwise your ass is going to be down in there every fucking time, no matter who wins, unless by some chance Fessy and Mariah or Bamber and Chauncey pull out a, a random fucking win. Well, and it's it's the simple fact that in this situation, you know, if it's a different game, they're fine. But in this game, you have to nominate those four teams. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. going to kill you unless you keep repeating your vote. Yes. There is a reason that in almost every fucking other season you watch, once someone gets nominated, they keep getting nominated yep. because you don't have to get blood on your hands. Yep. You don't want, believe me? Go back and watch last season. You'll watch CT do it. You don't yep. believe me? Go back and watch 36. They do the same shit with fucking every season 35 with jay jay went through it exactly and that's my thing and the last the last thing i will say about this that i want to add about this is and the fans do this too and i'm starting to notice that the challengers do it as well when they think about an elimination for whatever weird ass reason it's always a a a physical visual right like they think it's going to be they think of it in a physical way like Oh, Darrell and Veronica are never going to beat Laurel and Jack because they can't physically beat them. You get Veronica on the puzzle. Eight times, eight out of 10 eliminations on the challenge are not physical challenges. And I don't know why more people are not realizing this. It's not a new thing. It's always been this way. The only time we got a large majority of physical challenge, like physical eliminations, was double agents when we got the two female hall brawls, the two male hall brawls, and we also got. One or two pole wrestles. I can't remember. Yeah. I think one for girls and one yeah. for guys. But for, for the majority of every challenge season, majority of the eliminations are like endurance, strategy, puzzles, stuff like that. It's normally not a head to head head banger. That's it. Those are very rare eliminations. Yeah. Well, and, go ahead, Corey. Rick, we mean you just keep talking at the same time. We're not high mind tonight, bro. I know, dudes. But uh, they showed the the rail conversation, or they mentioned the rail conversation, but I kind of also want to know if there's a Veronica conversation, because I kind of think last week when she was like, maybe we should team up with Kim and Colleen. We're going to be down here every week. I kind of, maybe there's a conversation she had with Jay and Michelle that was like, hey, we're on the bottom with you. You know, we need numbers. Yeah, that's a good point. There may have been a there may have been a deal made there because they don't have numbers. But why wouldn't you want to make a deal in an alliance with Jordan and Anissa over Darrell and Veronica yeah. if you view Darrell and Veronica as such bad competitors? It just it just doesn't make yeah. their choices just made no sense to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't. You can go ahead. I don't want to it's, into this anymore. I'm over it. The fact that the other fact that throws me off is that right when we get into the names being put up on the board you hear jack say jay made a deal with me that you know they weren't that he wouldn't put him in again that he wouldn't put him in again or that he wasn't going to go after him and it's like okay if you said that 
then you could have really parlayed this conversation in a different fashion to get less blood on your hands. You go, Jack, I didn't want to put you in, but I got to do what's best for my game. And what we're going to do is we're not going to make you the team noms. Don't tell anyone, but we're going to give you a shot at the dagger. Yeah. You know, you say some shit like that and try to save it, but maybe he did say this and we didn't see the conversation. But from what I've heard is that Jay emphatically says there was no deal made. So here's here's my thing. And this will actually move us into the first conversation that Jay and Michelle have in interrogation, which is with Laurel and Jack. Now, before the interrogation started, we got that line from Jack where he's like, and he promised me he wouldn't do this to me again. We had a conversation, blah, blah, blah. Jay is swearing up and down. He didn't say anything like that. I think that this is a a misunderstanding, miscommunication between Jay Michelle and Laurel Jack because they talk about it in the interrogation room that Michelle and Jay both told Jack and Laurel that they want to find a way to move forward from what they did last week. So to Jack and Laurel, I could see how to them that's Jay and Michelle saying, look, we're not going to put you guys in again. We want to move forward. We want to find a way to work together. And I would take it that same way, too. But they I don't think that Jay actually said the words, I'm not going to put you in again. And that's what Jay is kind of writing off when he's saying that it never happened. All right. So this is going to be my one knock on Jay that I expect Tony to eventually listen to this podcast and And really (laughs) not even mad. But give me a solid rebuttal on this one is Mm -hmm. Jay has now has a history of making blindsided moves where he just betrays people's trust to try to get his you know elimination or the person out that he wants to get out right Right. and he'll say things and to the person's face but behind their back say hey this is what we're going to do fuck them we're going to get them out kind of thing right he has built up that reputation and i know that as a challenge viewer just watching this and seeing what happened with Teresa, even though i know Teresa's was probably more her idea than jay's Mm -hmm. but you have that you have this and then what he did to Michaela on Survivor. Yeah. It sets a precedent of how he plays this game. And that's how people are going to view him playing this game moving forward. And that's not going to just hinder this season, mm-hmm. but that could potentially hinder future seasons that he gets called back on. Yep. So he's going to take us, in my opinion, to kind of take a step back and see where he's going to try to go with his game. Because like I said, especially with them making this move, I don't see a way forward for them long term now. No, I don't either. You know, but uh, getting into interrogations, the first ones up, like Karina was saying, was Laurel and Jack. Laurel tells him that, you know, she was expecting, you know, their names to be on the list, just like last time after everything that happened. Jack kind of mentioned or calls him out. I wouldn't really say he kind of goes above and beyond because they're in there. They're trying to play cool to a degree. Yeah, no, but he does point out he's and like, he, like I had told you guys a moment ago yeah. that they had said that they wanted to move forward and then they do this. <laughs> Michelle and Jay don't even really have an answer for this. They kind of stutter around, but their full answer isn't even really shown. But Laurel is playing very nice. She is playing very civil and sweet. And, you know, she points out to them and she's like, look, you're going to piss people off regardless. But do you want to send someone in and piss someone off who is winning daily challenges or someone who is not winning daily challenges, which we are not? And Michelle's like, you know, that's actually a good point. But my favorite whole my whole favorite part about or my favorite part about this whole moment was Jack's confessional when he's talking about Laurel. And he's like, I've never seen Laurel like this. Like my girl is just 
you know, playing nice. And he's like, and this is the kind of person who would rather like gnaw her arm off than play fake nice to people. And he's like, but this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And it's free. And I was just like, yes, this is ex- that's why we watch this shit, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, like there's different ways to play this game. And I know Michelle is very emotions on, you know, on, she wears her heart on her sleeve kind of thing. And yeah. she'll cry and do all that. And, and Laurel's the very opposite, but it shows her experience in, in this game. And the fact that you look at fresh meat to Laurel compared to Laurel here, as far as her ability to politic and play a game, mm-hmm. it is vastly different. And it's the reason why she is a go. Cause she can turn that shit on when she has to and she knows it's about something bigger yep and to me it's it was super impressive to watch it happen because it's so anti-laurel the edit we get yeah i am sure laurel is probably extremely sweet and very nice when you get to talk to her in person and it's not challenge related and million a million dollars on the line oh yeah but it was just interesting to see those opposite sides of her like you said it, yeah. and jack was absolutely right it, it was a phenomenal moment <laughs> and the fact that it that well i mean for us it was free i don't know if y'all are paying for cable that's on you but, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh Michelle's what two seasons in Jay's got a few seasons in these situations it's just like a yeah. act like you've been here before and they really haven't and I think that's really really hurting them I really hope they learn from this because yeah. I like yeah. them both as competitors I like them both on the show Yeah, but it's just like they're they don't know what they're doing at all exactly and yeah. I, I've made this comparison before but they're trying to play this game the way you would play Survivor. And it's you just can't do that. You can't have these, yeah. these fluid, ever-changing alliances in this game. It just doesn't work that way, especially. And you can't blindside people and back, backstab everybody and do all this sneaky stuff because these are returning players. This isn't like Survivor where you're on once and then you're done. These people come back and back and back every season. So if you intend on making this a thing... It's going to affect oh, yeah, you long term, yeah, you know, and yes. I think that this will sit with Jay and Michelle on future seasons. Who knows for how long, yeah. but we've seen it happen before. Yes. And I, I think the prime example of how fucking messy this gets is in this next one where they're sitting down with Casey and Kenny and shout out to fucking Kenny, bro. Yo, nonstop camera time right <laughs> yes, here. Yes, I'm all about it. Center cam. Jay and Michelle tell them that uh, they didn't want to ruffle more feathers and want to put them in so they can save bananas and, <laughs> and Nani here, or though. take out Laurel and Jack. But in Casey's like, so you didn't want to ruffle more feathers. So you put two more, two more teams, new in. teams in. <laughs> Like, how does that fucking compute? She's like, you only had to put one extra team in. Like, it makes no sense. Amanda makes the face like the same one that she made when Laurel was talking like, oh, I didn't think of that. You mean Michelle, not Amanda? Oh, they're the same. Same difference. Do you want me to re-say that so you can edit it out? Connect the dots with Fessy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. They're... Never mind, I can't yeah, say that. No, it's not no. PC. It's not. It's not. And it also about, it also to, applies to somebody that we we adore and love. So let's just move past that yeah, part. I was, I was just gonna say if if you want to know what I'm saying, uh watch the league they or know. message me on IG. They already know. Moving Eskimo. on. Eskimo. <laughs> 
Uh, so the next, <laughs> the next team to come in is Banani and Jay and Michelle pretty much tell them the exact same thing, except Nani is not as accepting to this as Casey and Kenny seem to be in their little interrogation meeting. And Nani makes it very clear to Jay and Michelle that if Casey ends up down in elimination and or goes home, she's coming for them. And, you know, don't forget, Nani plays to win all the time, every time. Yeah, dude, if Nani threatens you, you Ooh. fucking pack your bags, bro. Get them shits packed because you're going home. Either pack your <laughs> bags or get your raincoat because it's about to rain some fucking ramen, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I just mean, like, there's two things here is like Banana saw it. Banana saw what they were trying to do. And two... There is zero chance of like them, Nani and Casey going in together. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. I think the the putting me and my girlfriend against each other thing was was just kind of for show. But I think that Nani's bigger issue was just that she didn't want Casey in elimination at all. She didn't want a possibility of having to be there without Casey. And I think, again, that speaks to her, her not being emotionally ready to be on this show. And she needs that kind of crutch and i don't want to say a crutch like in a bad way but you know i mean that's that's her girlfriend that's her love she went through this situation with casey and she feels like she needs her there and i think that again that was a very abrupt emotional response because of what she's going through that it was just you put me and my girlfriend in and there was it was just tunnel vision on that because of all the additional stress stress and pressure and everything she's going through Kate, hold up though did any of y'all notice how much it looked like bananas just wanted to punch jay in the fucking face the whole time it's confessional though well that's what it's just like one nani said oh i'm gonna come after you okay so goes into lacing one you're coming after them anyway they're not Mm -hmm. safe y'all are on their side and then it's just like i think they put bananas and nani in to please the house but at the same time they're still trying to figure out the best way to keep them safe which was casey and kenny right and uh which is really weird because Jay was like, I'm tired of saving bananas. I don't want to save bananas that anymore. So and then fake. he turns around and saved bananas. <laughs> I was like, okay, bro. That seems so, it seems so fake. And then he goes on and he did his live thing and he started talking about how bananas is obsessed with him and all this stuff. And I'm just like, y'all obsessed with each other. Okay. Like this is too it, much. It for is me. super fucking awkward. If you know the backstory on it, yeah. but does that make them? Brothers, Morgan, Eskimo. Is it the same thing? Yeah, it works the same way, right? It works Eskimo, the same yeah. way. Oh yeah, brothers and sisters. Oh yeah, it's, gender it's, equality it's, out of here. It, <laughs> you can use it. Works for every pronoun. Let's Brother, be honest. Brothers fight. It's okay. We get it. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, but here's here's the thing: is just like the way that bananas kind of once again showed the way vets are supposed to do stuff in this situation rookies could really take a page out of this Mm -hmm. is he sat there and he didn't say shit zip it don't ever say more than you need to he was like the like the exact opposite of what you see on law and order when they go into interrogation like in law and order they just put a flashlight on you they're like i'll tell you everything you want no i confess (laughs) to everything no shut the fuck up (laughs) he did he did what laurel and jack did last week except without the fucking smug faces and stuff which by the way i loved i know everybody out there is like talking shit about this and saying like it made laurel look really like childish and stuff but who fucking cares shut up she sat there with a stone face and let them talk 
Well, and here's my thing. And that's what Bananas did this week, except he didn't have a smug look on his face. You know, that's that's really what it is. You don't have to say anything. Look here. It, what is what was Laurel supposed to do? Was well, Laurel supposed to go up to her and be like, no, it's OK. I'm her- so glad you put me into elimination so I could potentially not win a million dollars. She wanted her to do what she did this week, which is what Laurel gave her. Laurel came down to Michelle's level and gave her what she wanted. Which almost saved Laurel's ass. I mean, granted, the you know we know what happens. The draw doesn't actually work out in her favor. But anyway, what I was saying is, is sometimes it is better to just shut the fuck up and not say anything in elimination or in interrogation. And where this is proven in the very next meeting when Jordan and Anissa finally go in to talk with Jay and Michelle, and. Jay and Michelle tell them that the plan is to put Laurel and Jack in and Jordan cuts him off and he's like, I don't believe it. Like, why would I believe you? And then he calls him out and he points out to Jay that he promised bananas, Jack and Jordan that he'd help all of them. And he's like, how are you going to help us all? (laughs) So they start going back at it, back and forth together. Like Jay is like puffing his chest up. Jordan is. And then finally Jay just asks him, he's like, do you want to be the main vote? Like, do you want to just go right into elimination? And then starts denying that he offered help to Jack, that he offered help to Bananas or anything like that. And it's just a messy ass scene. Jordan, you know, tells them that saying one thing and then doing another makes you weak. And Jay comes back with just like the most like (laughs) childlike response where he's like, I'm not weak. You're weak. (laughs) I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. I was like, come on, Jay. You're better than that, bro. You're so much better than that. I love that fucking. I love the the quote that Jordan said. He's like, once you write the monster's name, you can't put him back up. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, bro. Fuck facts, yeah, dude. Facts. But, but uh, yeah, so Anissa cuts this off. She's, you know, she's, she's, she's a vet. She's experienced. She knows this isn't good for her and Jordan and it's just not worth it. And it's not going anywhere. So she cuts off the talk and she starts to stand up and walk out and Jordan follows her and end of that meeting. And Jay turns to Michelle and tells her that he wants to throw them in now. And Michelle starts crying about it. You know, which it's just like, I just, I can't, I can't with this whole thing. (laughs) It's so messy. (laughs) I love it. I fucking love it. So as much as, as much as we're criticizing uh, our thought process on what Jay Michelle did and we're, we could be completely fucking wrong because we don't know all the conversations. We just see what they show us. Right. I'm here for it because you know what? Them going against the grain is creating some really good television for us so i'm all for it right so from here we get into the house scenes and it goes to uh, i believe nani uh talking to bananas and uh wants him to t- uh, start taking this seriously um because you know she really wants her first win and you know kind of referring back to what happened on the daily and him not really trying to win it you know she really needs him here you know 100 percent and when she says that banana responds with the whole you know he says he didn't want to win because he he didn't know where everyone stood but now that he's got her full 100 he's gonna put it you know he's gonna go 100 it's like bananas is gonna do whatever the fuck bananas yeah. wants to do and nani knows that 100 well, yeah, i just think that part was dumb because it's like nani you're not a seven-time champ yeah he is he's playing it with there's a method to his madness 
he did it for a reason. It was very blatant. The reason like, it's just like, just if you want to win, just let him do him. And for the love of God, help him in a final. Just stick next to him the whole time. Just fucking hold on to his waist and don't slow him down. That's your, that's your goal. And, and that's it, dude is like at the end of the day, all these goats that we talk about or Mount Rushmore players, they have a very certain way of playing the game to get them where they need to go. You know, bananas, you know, he's never going to be able to play the CT game, just like CT would never be able to play the bananas game. And so when you're partnered with him, you got to be able to highlight their strengths and not their weaknesses and vice versa. And I, I don't know if bananas and Nani are quite at that point yet. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were a mess this episode, but it's, yeah, I just, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think bananas was fully in the right this episode. Yeah. Like he was very confident where they stood. There is no point in winning and pissing off eight people at once. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's that weird situation. Like last season, you didn't want to be one of the final teams or the, like not the final daily, but like, getting towards the end you didn't want to be one of those teams because then all of a sudden if they come back you got a lot of blood on your hands and you uh you're you know you're kind of automatically going in where this one it's almost like you want to be one of those last couple weeks because you're like dude i gotta put the whole fucking cast in what do you want me to do you know what i mean well and it's also it's like if they won right they iou quote unquote jay and michelle (laughs) but if they don't win this week like they didn't and now you see they put you in and the IOUs off the table, right? It's gone. And it's yeah, like yeah. now you just eliminated one team. You have to quote unquote protect, even though you don't really want to protect. them. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest. Did anybody outside of Michelle really believe this IOU? Mm, no, no, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, but he did. They did. They also, I don't, I didn't believe it, but they also didn't want it attached to them. No, they didn't want to yeah. have that label like, oh, they got to do it even though they probably weren't gonna, but they just, their hands are much cleaner from not winning. Yeah. I mean, Jay and Michelle basically gave everybody the reason to go after them nonstop. You know what I mean? And they're going to get the experience. I'm assuming unless they keep winning dailies of what Jay kind of went through, you know, in, in total madness. I just, I really hope Fessy wins next week. I just want to see if Fessy, I mean, he didn't put him in earlier when he won, but I just want to see now with the people that are left if Fessy holds up his end. Oh, yeah, I guess Fessy typically averages one to two daily wins a season, so I wouldn't be surprised. I, dude, I low key, I low key want to see Tori and Devin win and see what they do. Well, Dan and Michelle for sure going in. Maybe, maybe, dude. Devin's a fucking deal maker, you know? And we kind of got that, you know, with that one day deal he did earlier we were talking about, but. I just think it'd be interesting. But anyways, getting back to this, the next part of the house scene we get is Nani and Laurel talking and oh, Michelle God. walks in and asks Nani if she's okay. And Nani says no. And I was <laughs> waiting for her to be like, you're fucking corny, bitch. You're corny as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, she goes, you know, and Michelle apologizes and Nani, Nani ain't d- hearing that shit, dude. She got up and started yeah. walking away. And all I could think is I was like, dude, you're lucky that Nani has that little shaker fucking drink bottle in her hand and not a fucking cup of noodles. Fucking ramen jokes 24 (laughs) seven challenge fan the podcast. But I did find it interesting after Michelle finally leaves the room, like her and Michelle go back and forth a little bit. Michelle finally walks out and, and Laurel is like, Oh my God, you know, and Nani starts going off and she's like, 
I don't give a fuck. And she's like, I barely even know the girl. I don't give a fuck about her apology tour. And this took me back to the first or not the first episode. I think it was like the second or third one. I don't know when Bananas and Nani came in and they won. Mm. And Michelle was like crying and talking about how they're the closest of friends and their best friends. And how could she do this to her? And I remember saying, I wonder how close they are really because Nani didn't seem affected by this girl crying her eyes out across the table from her. And like, if that was one of my closest friends, I would be fucking heartbroken watching one of my closest friends cry like that. So it just proved my point that like Michelle was trying to use whatever little tiny friendship they had created at that point as a woe is me thing to not get thrown in. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, it was just ironic. Look and take a, once again, take a page out of bananas book. Don't let your fucking personal relationships dictate how you play the challenge. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because banana and I reference bananas directly is think about on his very first challenge. Who did he get called in by? He called Tyler. out Tyler. No, Tyler called him out. Tyler called oh, him did? out. Oh, okay. Tyler got and Tyler and him were roommates on real world. Yeah. They were friends. Yeah. I mean, they were working together in, in you know, yeah. It did did his him and Paula's relationship ever really mean anything? No. no. I mean, like, and that's the thing. You can't take these personal relationships into the game yeah. and try to save other teams. It's never gonna work. Yep, exactly. I do agree. We we do get a scene though next where Jay and Michelle are talking, and Michelle is feeling extremely guilty about bananas and nani, and then it eventually comes out that she actually feels the most guilty about the nani Casey thing. Which, you know, she, Nani's trying to make her feel bad about it. And Jay points that out. But she says she feels like a bad person and she's crying and whatever. But what I really took from this was, and and again, we kind of referenced this at the beginning of the episode where people might not have been ride or dies before they came on this, on this show together. But by the time they leave, you know, they end up being a lot closer. And I think that this is going to be a situation, a similar situation for Jay and Michelle. I don't necessarily know that they were, quote, ride or dies uh, coming into the show. But, you know, Jay has a confessional in this and he he's crying and he talks about how, you know, his respect level for Michelle has went up like 10 notches or whatever it was because she's opening herself up to him, opening her heart and breaking down her walls. And she's being real with him for like once in their friendship. And he gives it back to her. Granted, we don't see that side, but it, it again, it just kind of pointed back to that original statement that we had talked about at the beginning of the show where, like I said, you know, sometimes people grow closer through these things and you can see certain pair, certain pairs going through that. And I feel that Jay and Michelle are one of them. Yeah. I mean, in, in the pressure cooker, that's the challenge. One of two things are going to happen when you're partnered with someone, you're either going to become ride or dies and really close friends, or you're going to fucking hate them. And guess what? Partnered up on the next rival season. (laughs) Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're ride or dies because they were both on survivor. So yeah, I mean, they flirted for five seconds (laughs) in an elevator. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yo. (laughs) <laughs> so uh from here we uh we head into the elimination finally i know this it was feel a- like it took forever to get to the elimination this episode like it felt like there was so much conversation so many different things happening was this an hour and a half episode yeah they all are they are every single one yeah it was oh. 90 minutes on well, the- that's why mm-hmm. i mean tv time it breaks down to like i think 
70 the actual episode is only 60 minutes uh, but the runtime on cable and stuff is an hour and a half yeah, yeah. I, I watched most of it uh, connected to the bluetooth in my work uh, i was very yeah. halfway involved <laughs> well i mean look this part is pretty cut and dry we head into the arena jay michelle say something about uh, emotions getting involved and they and you know that really influenced their choice so they're going to be uh choosing jordan and anisa as their their picks to go into elimination yeah and i was just like are you fucking kidding me? Like, why wouldn't you just put Laurel and Jack in there? Jordan and Nisa are almost guaranteed to go in. Yeah. Why would you do that? Now, if J- if Jordan beats them and comes back, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. You're completely. You like, you might as well put lipstick on. I don't remember who said it. I, I want to say it was it might have been like Anissa or something. I don't know. I don't remember exactly who said it, but somebody said like Jordan is not the type of person that you want against you because when he puts his mind to something, he's going to do it. So you don't want to piss somebody like that off. And they openly and willingly did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think Laurel and Jack out of the two are much more likely to win a daily. But you already pissed off Laurel and Jack, so. Might as well right. piss them Exactly. You know, and, and TJ ends up asking Jordan and Anissa how they feel about this. And, you know, Anissa points out, she's like, you know, look, it, this is going to be hard to get out of whether we win or lose. And she's right, because they have so many different friends and alliances around the house that not only do you have these people mad at you, but now you have, you know, like Tori and Devin, you have, you know, and then you've got the Casey Nani situation. You've got like majority of the house has some sort of issue with you now. So you're in a really bad position and they just keep pissing people off. And I get it. You're like making big moves and whatever. But there's also such a thing as just making dumb moves. And I feel like this was just a dumb so move. But I, I oh, sorry, really quick. Um, I did like when what Jordan's response to TJ and he said he said, you know, it's funny that Jay brings up emotions. Because I think he got his feelings hurt. And <laughs> I just found that really fucking funny. Like Jordan is just, he's snappy when you piss him off. He, and it, I love it. I love it. Yeah, he's he's going to talk that shit. He's going to talk yeah. that shit. But but I, I didn't like the Tory part. And it even goes back to the Nani and Casey part. It's like, like they kept you safe. They're not responsible for keeping all of your friends safe. Like yeah. you can be mad. I get it. You're going to be mad either way, but it's just like, that's so difficult to put someone in that position. Again, yeah, you say you're not even touching the elimination and it's just, I do agree. Like you can't expect everybody to like your Alliance members to also keep everybody that you care about safe. But I also do see the other side of, well, you know what? I'm coming after you now because you went after my best friend and the love of my life who I'm trying to yeah. you know reconcile with. So I understand Tori's point of view of, you know, as much as Devin may want to work with these people, fuck them. I'm done. I don't want to play with them. And I get it, you know? I Yeah, and here's my thing is, is I think there is a direct correlation to knowing that you've kind of fucked any working relationship you have with Tori and Devin when you throw her best friend yeah. and her ex. Like they knew. Yeah, they knew. They, they knew. And, and once again, so now you've went from pissing off two more people to adding another two more people right and it's like fuck man like when it rains it pours for jay and michelle it does 
it wasn't an alliance though. It was a one, as far as we know, it was a one day deal. Right. Yes. Between Tori and Devin. So yes. it wasn't like, Hey, I got you all the way. Which know. makes it worse in my opinion though, because you don't have any type of protection from these people on a regular basis and now you've pissed them off so it's not even like you can call into account your friendship or or alliance with them now it's just yeah you're just you're just stuck out on an island with with no boat or anything and you know i think they definitely should have threw laurel and jack in but i just mm-hmm. i don't know i just didn't like tori's reaction to this like like and then like i said nani it's like oh with casey it's like dude they can't keep 15 yeah, yeah like it's not yeah well yeah you're nominating a third of the house every time right now yeah exactly you know what i mean and that's so. a tough situation to be in but uh so we get to the portion of the draw and uh i i forget which side that i know banana uh bananas and nani go first i just forget they pull they pull the far left far left and they end up pulling the safe dagger yes. i think this is like is this the first time the safe daggers pro pull yeah. first try uh, yep I thought maybe yeah. I can't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm like, pretty sure. I feel like there might have been one other time, but I don't know for sure. Uh, like I remember a lot of suspense every other one, but this one was just like boom. Yeah. I feel like I'm 80% right on this. Yeah. And when I feel like I'm 80% right, it usually means 60% of the time it works every fucking time. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll give you 98% right on that, Rick. I like it. I like it. Did you know that most percentages are just made up on the spot? And I'm really for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I probably, that stat's probably right 23% of the time. Well, if you say with confidence, good. So bananas and Nani pull the safe the safe dagger and it was in this moment that i actually realized how complex all of these nominations are because not only is nani down there with casey who you know they presume she's going to save obviously but she's also down there with laurel who she's extremely close with bananas and laurel are extremely close jordan is already in the elimination who is extremely close to laurel and they have a previous you know relationship and a good solid friendship so it's like you all of a sudden all of these things start yeah all of these layers start becoming even more apparent which makes this decision even more just like this would have been a good move at the beginning of the season but this far in like, oh my God, it's, I was just, I'm just like, oh my God, dude, you guys are screwed on like every front. No matter who comes out of this, people are coming for your ass hard. It's not only how many layers of friendship there is, it's like they made a parfait of just <laughs> layers of bad decisions yes. this episode. And look, looking at it from a rookie standpoint, they made huge fucking moves. And I don't want to like play that down because we've seen so many times that. You know, rookies or even just less experienced players like Jay and Michelle, they get into power and they just make these weak ass moves. So I do appreciate that they're trying to make some sort of big move. I just don't think that it's going to work out for them the way that they have done it. It it makes good TV for us. But whenever you say like whenever you say like Nani and Laurel close, do you mean like Nani's in second place and Laurel's in first place like free agents? Wow. <laughs> not that close uh, seven nine minutes, minutes. oh it's just seven yeah, somewhere, somewhere in there seven, seven or nine, nine yeah 
So we'll go with eight. <laughs> no. Where's Tony? I actually, I think you're right. I think it was like, it was like, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. dude. You know what I'm noticing? But Tony's not here and our fucking stats and info are just all over <laughs> the fucking place. We're, just we're guessing tonight, guys. Yeah, we're fucking flying blind right now. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, Nani gives a little speech about how much she loves Laurel and Bananas, you know, talks about how much he loves Laurel and Laurel starts crying because she's like, I need to be fired up. Like she knows what's going to happen. She's not stupid. And neither is anybody else. They, they save Casey and Kenny. And so we get Laurel and Jack versus Anissa and Jordan in uh, <laughs> the elimination is called in your face. I'm like, really? You guys can come up with anything better than that. But I, okay, I'm I digress. Just, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest, man. Like as a challenge fan, I want to see Laurel and Jordan like have to compete with their partners, obviously Anissa and Jack in this season, but I don't want to see that happen in episode fucking six. Yeah. I want to see this happen towards the end of the season when it's, it's just so anticlimactic. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I'm like, honestly, I'm starting to get to the point too, though, where I feel like this season might not be as long as the, last like couple seasons where you get like fucking 16 episodes in one season i don't think that this season is going to be like that you know so i feel like you know we're getting close to the halfway point if not at the halfway point at the next episode so you know i mean it's it's just kind of that time and like you said you have to nominate so many different people that it's just it's hard and you don't really have full control over who goes in because of the draw thing. So I do agree. It sucks. It sucks to see two legends go against each other. So what feels like so early in the game, but but it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great, great. TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just um, uh, just to make up for make up for Tony's stats and info not being here. I just looked it up and me and Karina split the difference. It was eight minutes apart. Yeah. And uh on top of that, I didn't realize it. I just looked it up. Devin was three hours behind. Wow. But, uh, so yeah. just just to throw this out there, how much time did Laurel lose because of Zach, though? Yeah, that's well, true. That's not on Google. So, Karina, I want you to explain this, yeah. uh, <laughs> this elimination, because me and Corey were both kind of curious on a, a very strong, yeah, scum, what so, happens. Yeah, so the elimination in your face, uh, you and your partner start on one side of the zone. You have to race across transferring all of your blocks to the top of a like a long box and that once you get all of your blocks on top it will re- open the box and release all of your balls <laughs> i don't even fucking like every fucking week every week there are balls and stuff included in involved and you are such a fucking child I can't it wasn't even get the balls the it was the long blocks and box <laughs> i was waiting for you to say cox i was just waiting for the rhymes fox you're a child i am god you're a child yes no if you're if you're a man and you're you're probably laughing at this and you're a child okay <laughs> i love you but you're a child <laughs> anyway Oof. once you get all of your blocks on top of the box it, it will open and release the balls one partner throws the balls at like these there's like big giant circles Uh, on opposite ends of the zone with your opponent's faces on them. And you have to throw the balls through breaking open these, you know, pictures while the, uh, while your opponent is blocking. 
So one partner is throwing the balls, the other opponent is blocked, or the other partner is blocking your opponent. The first to knock out all of the picture spaces wins. Now, I did see your guys' conversation about, you know, what happens if Jordan and Anissa finish first, release their blocks, or release their balls. Is Jack allowed to run over and start blocking? What I noticed was when Jordan and Anissa put their blocks, their last of their blocks on top and release their balls, Jordan started throwing them all towards the middle of the arena. Jack was still standing off to the side. He was done with his bricks. Laura was carrying her last two there. So I'm not entirely sure what the situation is, but by the time Jordan threw that first ball, Jack was standing there blocking and Laura was starting to run over. So it's hard to say because we didn't see the situation in which, you know, if Jack would have been allowed to just stop moving blocks and just go and start blocking the balls. We didn't see the situation, so it's hard to say what the rule would have been on that. But I think that he would have been able to as long as one of the partners was still moving the blocks. But who, you know, who really knows? Because we don't get all the rules. Yeah, that really confused me because I was like, when they were carrying each four each at a time, and I was like, Jordan's about to chuck five or six, seven shots before Jack gets there. And then that didn't happen. I think Laurel and Jack were just a little bit quicker on moving with just two blocks at a time than Anissa and Jordan were doing four. So right. it kind of evened out. It wasn't the yeah. huge difference that they were hoping it was going to be. Correct. I know that your you probably your favorite part of this whole episode was hearing Tori start cheering for Jordan again. I did like that. I did like that a lot. Uh, it was nice to hear that again because I wasn't sure how that was going to work, especially once Jordan came onto the show. Tori was and scared and everything but i did like it um i also want to point out because i did see people saying like how weird it was that she was like calling him babe and stuff like that this first of all this happens with a lot of people who never have and like have never dated or anything before like you know go babe get it like whatever like friends and stuff like that like i've seen it happen on the show before but number two she also had her very best friend down there and number three her and jordan have been reconciling if you Pay attention at the very end of the uh, uh, the elimination when Tori's running down the stairs. Jordan waits for her at the bottom of the stairs. And when she gets to the bottom, she locks her arm into his and he pulls her in to like give her a hug. So they are not probably like not probably not like dating or anything like that, but they are close and intimate at this point in whatever this situationship is that they have. So I didn't find situationship. it. I, I like fucking that. love that, dude. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. You've never heard that before? That, Rick, the situationship haze. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Nickname yeah. just happened. <laughs> I've anyway, never heard that. I like that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Situationship or if it's a terrible, then it's a shit-tuationship. Hey, yo. But anyway, Those, uh, I, it didn't it didn't bother me. It didn't stick out to me. I didn't find it odd or weird at all. For those who did find it odd or weird, I, I don't I don't really know what to say about that. But when they walked down to the elimination, right, it wasn't yeah. just the two teams faces, correct? It was it was. So it was Laurel and Jack's faces on one side and then Jordan. And no, he's talking when they first walked in. I don't think so. I think no, they applied the faces that. were not up. Yeah. Yes, they they must have taken a break. And then, yeah. Yeah, because when they first walked in, it was multiple faces. And then they were like, Laurel hit Jordan right in the face. She stuck it. And then the next shot, they showed Jordan hit Laurel in the face. I was like, damn, that is impressive. And then I realized <laughs> it was all yeah. one so, person's face. Yep. 
obviously Karina kind of gave away who won, but if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, what the fuck are you doing? Secondly, I looked at Karina when I first heard these rules and I figured out how it was going. I go, how fucked up and funny would it be at the same time though? If like Jordan picked up the ball and like just first shot, just actually hit Laurel right in the fucking face or Jack or Jack defending. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever was defending, like just hit him right in the face with the ball. So they can't defend for a couple seconds. Try to get like two or three off. Well, cause like TJ had made that, that uh, reference where he was like, for once you guys actually get to smash each other's heads or smash each other's faces. That's what he said. For For once you guys get to actually smash each other's faces. And I was just like, Oh, that's great. But so without breaking down every single thing yeah. that happens in this, they're throwing balls. The other person's trying to block it. Laurel can't connect shit. Uh, actually, you know what? No, no I don't she's wanna, connecting she's, some. She's doing good. But Anissa is blocking the fuck out of these she, balls. Dude. Yeah. She is all over them. She's kids. like a fucking bam, goalie. Bam, 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 bam dude. Yeah. She's getting it. Well, that's what I want to know. It. It's, it's like, you know, it's hindsight. I wasn't there. And if Jack has no experience, because it's like in my adult life, I taught another grown man how to throw a football. He was just never raised around it. So if Jack <laughs> has no experience. I get it. But it's just like, I feel like Laurel should have been defending. She's like, she's a very tall woman. She's taller than Jack. She she, I thought, I yeah. thought Jack was like a couple inches taller than her. And that's what I thought the, the Maybe I'm just approach might have been or even just arm reach. You know okay, what I mean? Here's, like, I might be mistaken, but didn't Laurel play fucking volleyball like division one volleyball? I think so. Yeah. So that height division one volleyball, it's all about not letting the ball through, right? Not letting it hit the ground, not letting it get past mm-hmm. you. I think she would have been better at blocking. But then you get that situation of Jack's rocketing shots at Anissa and Jordan, a former like baseball player through like yeah. Hall of High School, rocketing shots at Laurel. Those 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 pictures were so cute of Jordan, little little baby Jordan playing baseball. Oh, so cute. Okay, <sighs> no, no. I'll stop talking like this eventually. I yeah, promise. I was going to say, I thought you were talking about, I thought you were doing a Laurel impersonation after Jordan rocked her in the face. I said to mute Karina so she wouldn't fucking keep talking like that. It was cute. Yeah. He's a cute baby. He's a cute baby. <laughs> yeah. But I think the coolest fucking thing that happened on yeah. this whole episode was the fact that as Jordan's trying to eliminate Laurel and Jack, he is actively cheering Jack on blocking the shots. Yeah. Every time Jack blocks something, Jordan's like, man, good job, Jack. Great job. Like cheering him on, motivating him. And like, it was just, it was so cool. And it speaks to Jordan's true character. I really feel. And I think it, it look, if you guys haven't had a chance, we have the opportunity to interview Jordan. It was a, it was a oh, phenomenal time, and I feel like I got a lot better understanding of Jordan as a competitor. Yes. And he played at a very high level in traveling baseball leagues, and, you know, he he grew up that, you know, you talk shit when you're playing sports, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's still you have good sportsmanship, and you can see that carry through with Jordan. And not to say that he's always been that way, but his growth over the last few seasons he's been on even going back to like dirty 30 forward. And if you want to go back further, that's fine. But mm-hmm. his growth to where he is now is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's like a complete one eighty. I, I've always liked Jordan, but now it's just like, he's just, I, I, I adore him and he's such a good guy and definitely go listen to that episode. If you haven't heard it, Jordan is 
awesome. And he's nothing like what he has been portrayed on this show for so many years. So make sure you check it out. But with that being said, Jordan does have a lot of hubris and I love what he did, but I will let you talk about this because I know how much you enjoy Jordan. So final, final, he's got one, one uh, little picture left to knock out. Target. One target left, one little picture target left to knock out. And it's right below, it's right behind uh, Jack and on the bottom row. So he kind of has to like, try to like lob it over Jack to hit that piece. And he has so much confidence that he can do this on his last throw is right before he tosses the ball. He turns and he looks at Jay and Michelle and he says, what did I say? And then he throws the ball, lobs it right perfectly over Jack. And it just smashes through that picture. Jordan and Anissa win. And then Jordan turns back to Jay and he goes, thanks, coach. (laughs) So... I know you watched this twice, so maybe maybe I'm not remembering this right, but I thought what he did is on that last one after he said, watch this, he pump fakes and gets Jack to lift up a little bit and then lobs it. Okay. Fucking lobs it right up and bananas yelled at him. He's like, you're going to have to lob it up over him. And he just boop and and Jay went to or uh, Jack went to try to block it and it went like right here, like in between his right above his Uh, shoulder and like that, you know, so. It was just perfectly timed. I think Jack knew it was coming. I don't mm. think Jack put a whole lot of effort into that last and final block. Uh, I think he just, he knew what was happening and, you know, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was a moment and I loved it. I loved every moment of it. And uh, yeah, now uh, fucking Jordan is pissed and he's coming after you. And, um, you know, we, but we get a really sweet moment with Laurel and Jordan right after the elimination. Yeah, it was really good. I liked she, it a lot. Yeah, she breaks down crying. Laura, uh, Jordan hugs her and, you know, it's just it's a heartbreaking moment. But she tells him to f- she tells him you you better go back and fuck up Jay and Michelle and do not let them make it to the final. And Jordan says he's got it. He and says, she, I, I got you. I'll take care of it. No. And she goes, no, I'm serious. Get them out. Yeah. And Jordan goes, I promise you. And it's so in this situation. Um, that's kind of the nail in the coffin. Like, and I was talking to Karina about this. We were having this conversation earlier this morning. I go, Jordan is one of those that once he sets his mind to something, he will get it done. Even if it's at the detriment of his game, like it means I'm not going to the final, but I'm getting you out. He's going to do it. Like I'm going to send you down and then I'm going to go down and take your ass out. (laughs) And now the fact that you've literally rallied Jordan and bananas to the same cause. Plus Tori and Devin. Yeah. In the same season and two people that don't work together, though, in, in combination, right. yeah. 11 fucking final wins are now working together to get Jay and Michelle out. It is not a good situation yeah, for them fucked. at all. They're fucked. fucked. Yeah. Jordan's going to be like he's uh, it's the skull twist. Jay and Michelle's going to go down. Jordan's going to be like, hey, we're putting ourselves in. I volunteer. Yep, we're going. Yeah. I volunteer we're as going. tribute. <laughs> no. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, Laurel and Jack lose Jay, uh, Jordan and Anissa win. they all line back up with TJ and TJ is amazing talking about how great Jordan and Anissa did and talking about how great uh, Laurel and Jack did. And, you know, he can obviously visibly see that Laurel is pretty down on herself. Her head's hung and stuff. And he tells her, he says, honestly, Laurel, you're one of the goats. And then the whole cast mm-hmm. just starts cheering and clapping and screaming and 
it cuts to a confessional of her where she's, you know, she's getting teared up and she's crying and she talks about how much it means because she, you know, is hard on herself often. And so hearing something like that from TJ and then it being backed up by the rest of the cast and her fellow competitors, you know, how much that meant to her. And it's true. Like, it's true. And today just wasn't her day. Yeah. It wasn't her game. It wasn't her season to win. But it doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, whether is. you whether you like Laurel or not, she is one of the best females to ever play this game. Yeah. And, you know, and that's just what it is. But, yeah. I mean, even Polly called her the go. Oh, shit. It's one of those moments that goes beyond beyond the show where TJ takes that moment to acknowledge somebody for, you know, the efforts and the things that they've accomplished. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Corey. God damn, Rick. We're going to get on the same page eventually. This is just one of those episodes where we've all got opinions that we want to put out there. So, yeah. but go ahead, please. Well, I just love this from TJ, and I just feel like none of this, this part from TJ doesn't happen without All-Stars, where he has more of a free reign and yeah. to kind of do what he wants, and mm-hmm. I loved it. And this this whole episode from Laurel is just, just like, man, I think it applies more to guys. When you're in your early 20s, even late 20s for me, it's just like you're from the I wish a motherfucker woods. You're just <laughs> like anybody can get it, and it's just like Laurel's past that point. And she's yeah. just like, that's not healthy. That's not who I want to be. Yeah. And I'm going to learn from that. And I just think it was great all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. I and agree. I think it's even more meaningful what TJ says because of what happened last time Laurel was in an elimination ring with Ninja and the whole interaction that her and TJ had. Yeah. And, and yeah. look, I, I think... Laurel's one of those people that she doesn't let a lot affect her, but something that TJ will say will will affect her. And right. we saw this tonight, and I think that affected her. And then to get this turnaround for him saying, "Dude, you fucking busted your ass. You had a great season, and you are you are the goat. You know, you know, or yeah. one of the goats. However you want to look at it. Um, I I think it just said it, it's great, and yeah. so it's beautiful. Um, it's awesome. You know, at, at this point, Laurel, you know, turns to to Nani as they're walking out, and uh, she uh, looks at her and goes, "Hey, take care of it." And Nani says, "I got you." Which, yeah, because Nani's gonna fucking really run the house. But I mean, but she has bananas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but but while we're talking about it, has TJ ever said anything of that nature to anybody? I don't no. think so. No, I mean he's never said I mean, anything he, like yeah, that she, on the show. He has he has yeah. to like CT when CT left against. Uh, I think it was when he left against Jay when Jay eliminated CT and TJ told him you know he didn't necessarily use the word goat but he did say you know you're one of the best that's ever played this game and I know we'll see you again and whatever and I think what was that total madness or something mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean it's very few and far between but the actual term goat no I don't think I've ever heard TJ use that term yeah. to a challenger on the show uh, yeah so that's why I love like I love his interaction with him like and I think it's directly correlated to all stories even with Tommy and Annalise it's just like all of these little pep talks at the end He's yeah. just giving now, which we haven't gotten before. And I think it's great. And I'm upset that we haven't gotten it the whole time. Yeah. It's almost why I feel, I think it would be awesome if he did take on more of like a, an announcer kind of role during eliminations, maybe not during dailies, but during the limbs where he's like, kind of like announcing how Jeff does in survivor. I think that'd be kind of dope, but mm-hmm. 
that's neither here nor there. Um, look, so we get a little preview of the next week. It looks fucking fire. I'm super excited about it. But before we move on, we got to do MVPs. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and do this in alphabetical order. Uh, Karina, who's your MVPs? Uh, I'm going to give my MVP to Jordan and Anissa just because they went in. They killed that elimination. You know, they did really well in the daily. Just, you know, obviously couldn't get it done because of the format of the daily. We don't even know what friggin place exactly they were, but they were doing really good. And I just and I just don't want to give it to Jay and Michelle. I don't feel like, you know, it's kind of like what you said last week where, you know, winning and being able to have this power to set how these eliminations are going to go should at least kind of at least help your game a little bit. And I feel like just it just keeps getting worse every time that they win. It just hurts their game more. So my MVP is going to uh, Jordan and Anissa with an honorable mention to Laurel and Jack. It was so awesome to see Laurel back. See her kicking ass. I enjoyed Jack a lot on this season. He had some hilarious freaking commentary, and I am so here for it. And I'm definitely going to miss having Laurel and Jack on this season, but I look forward to seeing Jordan go after Jay and Michelle, and I, I want to see how this plays out. I'm really fucking stoked. Corey, who you got? Um, I'll give it to Jordan just because he's Jordan and just the uh, smack talking as he hit the final shot was just like, damn, that dude's a dog. And uh, female, I'm, man, I'm going to give it to Laurel because kind of like I said, it's just like you play that tough role for so long and then you grow up and you yeah. realize like that role kills you like it wears on you. It's tough. It's not necessary. And I just feel like she let it down this last episode specifically. And so kudos to her for that. And yeah, I like it. I like it. So channeling my inner Tony and to be the devil's advocate, I'm going to give my honorable, or I'm going to give my uh, MVPs to Jay and Michelle. And the reason I'm going to do that is because this is the second daily in a row to win, which is very hard to do and impressive nonetheless. They made big moves, and as much as we may not agree with those moves, they made great television. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm here for. So I'm going to give it to them. And that the only other reason is I don't think I'm going to have an opportunity to give it to them again for the rest of the season. <laughs> so, um, so Jay Michelle get my MVP. Um, I've got two honorable mentions: Jordan and Nisa for their elimination win Jordan talking shit as always exactly what you said, Corey. And then yeah, Laurel and Jack, um, you know what? Hard to go into back to back eliminations and come out with two wins unless you're fucking Sarah Grayson. And (laughs) you know what? I'm a huge Laurel fan. I love when she's on the show. I'm sad to see her go, but I thought we got a lot of really great views of Laurel as a person and her ability to go against what is natural to her to play this game. And I really enjoyed that. So, all right, last but not least, let's go ahead and knock out fantasy. And that's a wrap for this week on the challenge recaps. So we're going into fantasy week six Uh, points coming into this. Karina's in first place with 107. Josh in second with 101. Me in third with 97. Corey in fourth. I'm sorry, Tony in fourth with 89 and Corey in fifth with 88. Uh, this week it was kind of low points, but you know, that tends to happen. Um, as we get later in the season, there's fewer and fewer teams, but there were some, uh, some big points spread around though a little bit. 
So Karina, you had a little bit of a down week uh, with Darrell and Veronica getting zero confessions and Devin and Tori only getting seven. So total points for you this week were seven points. Corey, big week. Casey and Kenny literally went up huge compared to what they had last week. They got two confessionals. <laughs> um, Jay and Michelle got five points for winning the daily and then 13 points in confessionals just racking it up these last two weeks with those two. Mm -hmm. Josh got 19 points. Laurel and Jack coming in hot with 17 fucking confessionals. They still hold the record. That's the record and they've hit it twice for confessionals in a single episode by yeah. This episode really should have been called the challenge rider rider dies Laurel and Jack (laughs) because this is what that episode was and I was here for it. Uh, But Josh also got another two points from Fessy and Mariah. Uh, for 19 total points. I came in with 18. I got two confessionals from uh, Bamber and Chauncey. I got 10 confessionals from Bananas and Nani coming in hot. And then uh, uh, Rossio and Olivia got me six total points. So that, like I said, got me to 18. Tony came in with 19 points, got five points for the elimination win with Jordan and Anissa, 12 confessionals, and then Nelson and Norris got two points. So our totals after week six, we've had some, uh, we've, we, we've got some change in the order. Some movement. Josh, motherfucking Chambers is sitting in first place right now with 120 points. Myself, <laughs> I'm sitting in second with 115, so five points behind. Karina right there nipping in my heels at third place in 114. And then we got a tie for fourth and fifth place, which is Corey and Tony sitting at 108 points. Look, I'm just going to be honest. This is getting super interesting because the distance between last place and first place is only 12 points. So yeah. literally can change in one episode. Yeah. yeah. And I think back to back daily wins should be 20 extra bonus points, but no, whatever. Well, I mean, to be honest, you went from only having 88 points and being down by 21 to making up, you know, now you're only down by 12 from the lead. So you made yeah. up some yeah, points from the lead. You just, yeah. You, know, you just didn't navigate much in the rankings. But that being said, squeeze these Jay and Michelle points as long as you can because it doesn't seem like it's, it's going to last long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the surprise. The surprise one for me is I'm the only person left with all all of my team members are still on the team. Are you flexing? Flexing. But I'm still, you know, I'm still five points off the lead, so it doesn't matter. I'm gonna be left with Casey and Kenny that don't get screen time, bro. Watch them light up and get like fucking twenty confessionals next week. Right. We're not gonna enjoy it. We're not gonna enjoy it. But my fantasy team will. Yeah, well, that's all that matters at the end. <laughs> so that wraps up our uh, recap on Challenge Season 38, Episode 6. Come Michelle or High Water. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh, one last scene. Check out this ad from Anchor. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening through that uh, that very long ad. (laughs) But we're going to break into our Survivor portion of the recap. We are going to be talking tonight about Survivor Season 43, Episode 9, titled What About the Big Girls? Now, I just want to start this off by obviously pointing out again, we don't have Tony with us tonight. 
who is our survivor expert. So we're not going to be diving as deep into this just because we don't have the kind of background knowledge and references and, you know, stats and stuff that that Tony usually brings to this portion. But we didn't want to skip it completely because it was such a big episode and some really awesome stuff happened. So we definitely want to talk through it, but it isn't going to be as deep of a dive as we normally do. So for any of our Survivor fans, we do apologize for that. We just don't want to dig into something super deep again that we're just not 100% familiar with because myself, Corey, and Rick are all newer Survivor fans. So with that being said... We come back from the last tribal where Janine got, you know, pretty much blindsided and sent out. And Owen is upset because he had at, he had asked James what to do. And James had told him to vote for Ryan and didn't tell him the truth about Janine. And Sammy is kind of getting a little bit antsy and he wants to start making big moves. He's kind of sick of doing all this little shady behind the scenes shit. So he pulls Owen and Gabler aside and they start talking about, you know, working together. And we actually find out in this moment that at the very last second, right before the tribal last episode, Gabler had told Owen the truth about Janine being the one voted out. Owen decided to stick to voting Ryan, obviously, but he was told very last minute by Gabler. And so I found that pretty interesting. And then we go to this scene where Owen is at camp standing like by the fire or whatever. And James comes over and asks Owen if he wants to talk. And Owen just says, no, not really. And James yep. gets like super butthurt about this. Like, oh, I just don't get it. Yeah. And then James's defense, that part and later in the episode, is just like, it's so crazy. He's just yeah. like, oh, well, now I trust you because you did what I said. I want you to do. And I Bro. Was like, yeah, like, it was so extra. The entitlement, like, I trust you now because you did what I told you to do. Like, it's just like, bro, who are you? Like, what are you talking about? I don't. The Godfather. Not a fan. I'm not a fan of James, to be honest. And that sucks to say because he's on my fantasy team, but not a fan. Yeah. Power went to his head. Yeah. So uh, from there, we we pretty much head into the challenge, the immunity challenge. And what this is, is you have to take hold of this bar and like, you know, lift it and lifting that bar clamps a ball up above your head behind a set of jaws. If you let go of the bar, the ball drops and you're out. Very simple, straightforward challenge. Love these. It's not 10 miles long to explain how to do it. It's not super difficult to figure out. You just stand there and hold the damn bar tight so that your ball doesn't fall. <laughs> Pretty simple. Yeah. But this is go J uh Jay. Wow. Jeff <laughs> lets us know that this is going to be a double tribal. So they divide the 10 pl players into two teams. So we've got two tribes with five. Uh, one person from each tribe is going to win immunity. Both tribes or both teams are going to go to tribal separately so we will get two people eliminated tonight but the last person standing overall will also win reward for their team and the reward is peanut butter and jelly and you know like a big array of it they sure. also get to go last in tribal so that they get to see what happened in the tribal right before them so 
The teams break down. Uh, Cassidy, Jesse, Gabler, Ryan, and Cody are on the red team. And then Owen, Sammy, Noel, Carla, and James are on the blue team. And, you know, everybody plays at once. It's not like they play in heats or anything. Everybody plays at once. So I thought Cassidy was done. I, I did thought too. Cassidy was toast. I did Those too. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did too. I yeah. was not expecting. I honestly was not expecting Jesse to be the first one out. And it was literally like minutes and then his ball drops and he's out. Granted, Cassidy was shortly right behind him, but I just I did not expect Jesse to be the first one out. I was a little bummed about that. I really like Jesse. I did. You could ask Karina as soon as I saw this challenge, I was like, all right, the trick to this one is tuck the elbows in up against your body so that way you can hold it there. Use your body. Yeah. Yeah. And then they pan over to Carla and you see her like adjust with her hand because it's injured. And it's like, yep, she's got it. Elbows on her hips. Yep. Yep. Uh, So. Pretty much, I'm just going to kind of run through, you know, who goes out in what order. Uh, we get Jesse out first, Cassidy's right behind him, and then Noel's right behind her. It's just kind of like boom, 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 boom. Shortly after that, James drops out, and then Gabler is out fifth. And then we get to what I call the big brother moment in Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> because Owen is standing there right next to Sammy, and he starts talking to Sammy about how you know, he's not going to last much longer. This is really difficult on him. And Sammy pretty much tells him, he's like, look, dude, you're fine. Go ahead and drop out. Like, I got you. I'm, I'm, you're not going to you're not going to get eliminated. I'll, I will make sure that I win kind of a thing. So Owen drops out. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I have to point this out just because it, it ties back into the title of the episode. But so creepy. Gabler so starts creepy. yelling out to, to Ryan and Cody, who are still uh, the only two up left for the red team. And he starts yelling at him and he's like, let's go, big boys. You got this. And then Carla like stops and she's like, what about the big girls? So that's where the title of the episode comes from. I always try to find out like where the title comes from, because it's always them quoting some what somebody said in the episode. So. Obviously better than the challenge does. <laughs> Get Richard, I trying. This is so creepy. The whole thing. Let's go, big boys. Let's go, big boys. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, was Shania Twain. Let's go, girls. Like Gabler is like perfected the art of making something super fucking awkward. I enjoy it. Yeah, I truly yeah. do. So, and then after like telling Owen, like, "Oh, bro, you're good. You're good. You got this. You can go ahead and drop out. I got this." Sammy drops out right after Owen in seventh place, which leaves Carla winning immunity for the blue team. And she tries to hold in there. But again, like she's playing this game with a hurt, like her finger is like broken or whatever. I think that's pretty much what they said, that she's playing with a broken finger. And so she isn't able to hang in there to, to win the immunity. I'm sorry. She's not able to hang in there to win the reward. She drops out shortly after she wins her immunity, which automatically gives the red team the reward. And the two fighting on the red team is Ryan and Cody. And this was actually a really interesting part to watch because you could see like Cody hadn't let his ball slip at all. Like he had that shit in locked in there super tight. And every couple, like every couple of minutes or so, you could see like Ryan would go to shift and he'd drop his ball and it'd get further and closer and then he'd catch it. And then he'd get closer to the edge and he'd catch it. Uh, you know, and he did this for a little while. He really fought hard. He tried to hang in there, but unfortunately his ball slips out and Cody ends up winning immunity. So we've got Carla for the blue team who is safe. 
Cody for the red team who is safe. And then the red team also wins the peanut butter and jelly reward along with the ability to go second in the tribals later that evening so that they're able to see what happens on the other team. Jeff splits them up and he sends the blue team, the losing team, back to the old Vessi beach where there's no shelter, there's no rice, there's no food, there's no anything there. And Red gets to go to their current beach, which is an, is the old Baca beach, but is now, you know, the beach they've been living on. And these teams begin to, you know, go into deliberation as far as who they're going to vote out in the tribal later that evening. Red enjoys their PB&Js and such, and they're sitting around trying to figure out who they want to vote out at Tribal. So Ryan and Gabler talk about getting Cassidy out. Ryan obviously has issues with Cassidy, but then he also goes into an explanation saying that he wants to be part of breaking up Coco because he doesn't want people at the end of the game. You know, obviously he's assuming at this point that he's going to make it to the end. But he doesn't want people at the end saying that, you know, he rode on the coattails of of Coco and rode this tribe and whatever. So he's like, yes, let's break it up and trying to prove his, uh, you know, his alliance or whatever to the other people that he's playing the game with. And I, I get the approach. Yeah. You know, I, I just I just felt like Ryan played the whole game like he was survivor safe. Yes, he did. He thought that him getting food and everything for everybody would save him and that they would overlook the fact that he was a challenge beast and he doesn't have a very good social game. So I think he was just kind of relying on those facts, you know, and but it just it just he's got there. There's so many people in the game or there's so little people in the game now that they're going to want to get those challenge threats out. And at this point yeah. at day 17 and they go to what is it? What 26, is, 26 days. So they have nine days left. The, the fact that you offer food and you catch fish and all of this is starting to mean less and less because they're getting to the end of the game. You know what yeah, I mean? So it's exactly. not as pertinent to, to have you there versus potentially winning a million dollars, you know? So Obviously, Cassidy wants Ryan out and she talks to James and Cody about it and, you know, and wants to, them three to work together to take the majority. Cody says that he wants to be within the numbers, but he also wants to make sure that he's keeping keeping people around that he actually likes. So which I I found to be a strange, you know, approach to the game. But I, I get it. You know, you got to live out on this island with people. You don't necessarily want to be out there with people that you don't get along with or that you don't like. So I understand that, but it also felt very like indecisive, wishy-washy in that moment. And I just wasn't sure how that was going to how that's going to pan out. Obviously, he's safe right now with the immunity necklace, but it just makes me wonder if people are going to remember that. Because at this point, again, when you get down to these numbers and you get, you know, these numbers get so small, any little thing can be a reason to vote somebody out. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know. It's probably not right, but I always get to read from Cody that. He's here for a good time, not a long time. It's exactly what it is. Yep. I love him, though. I love yeah. him. And we were talking about this uh, when we watched the episode is I feel like Cody for me was one of those because I didn't I wasn't a big fan at the like the first few episodes. But I feel like Cody's one of those that you kind of have to like warm up to because I really like him a lot now. And I'm just like, please don't do anything stupid because I don't want you to go home. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's just a social butterfly. Like, yeah. He's yeah. just going to thrive in any environment. 
Yeah, and I think exactly. he's he's he for, he reminds me of um I can't think of his name, but he's not super focused on like oh I have to get to the end, I have to win this money. Like he's just playing the game as it comes to him, trying to enjoy the experience and have fun yeah. where he can, and I really respect that approach, you know, so 100% agree. But anyway, so we hop over to the old Vessi beach where the blue team is deliberating and Noel talks to Carla and Sammy and they all kind of just agree that they're going to vote out Owen. Carla's working with James and, you know, they think Noel's working with them and Sammy and all of that. So they just agree that Owen's just the easiest one to send out from this. <laughs> Owen and James get caught at the water hole together. Somehow they're both there <laughs> getting water together or whatever. And. Owen asks James who he's voting for. And James just is like, well, you know, well, like him hawing around it. And this just fires Owen up. He gets super pissed and he just starts to walk away. He's like, there's no point in this. And they start arguing with each other as they're walking back to try at, at, back to their their beach. And this argument carries over back to the camp where everybody's sitting and they continue to argue in front of everybody else on the track and i'm just like what are you guys doing like this is the stupidest fucking thing you could do right now either one of you could be voted out tonight and nobody wants to live on an island where two people are fucking bickering all the damn time like i would vote one of you out just so i didn't have to hear this shit anymore like you know yeah. so it's just like this oh. was just really stupid but i did find it hilarious that like in the middle of their argument like Carla just kind of interrupts them and she's like, you guys want a papaya? <laughs> it was uh, Noel. <laughs> was it Noel? Uh, it was Noel, yeah. I swear it was Carla, but. Oh, and from New Orleans, we don't deal with that fake shit. That fake here. shit. Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, we don't deal with that shit. I'm from Louisiana. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Well, and James's issue is he's like, look, dude, like you're upset because I'm not working with you. I'm not giving you the insights to what I'm doing. But like you voted for me at two previous tribal councils. Like, I don't trust you. And so I get that aspect of it, too. But fighting in front of everybody like that was just in my opinion, it was just it was not smart. That just that shit was just not very smart at all. No, it really wasn't. I mean, it, it puts a target on your back and makes you look bigger than you need to be. Yeah. But I found it like it, it, it's interesting the way it plays out. Mm, yes. Yeah, exactly. From there, we hop back over to the original beach where the red team is. And Cody and Jesse are just sitting on the beach. They're talking about the pros and cons of voting out Ryan versus the pros and cons of voting out Cassidy. And Jesse makes a really good point. He says, look, if we vote out, Cassidy, Carla and James are going to be really fucking pissed because they're all working together. So then we're going to have Carla and James coming after us. And he goes, but Ryan isn't really a, st a strategic threat. So, yes, he does great in challenges and stuff, but he doesn't have a social game and he's not very strategic about things. So what's really the benefit of voting Ryan out? And so they're just kind of like having this back and forth, trying to see which which way would be better. And they end up making this kind of deal where they say, look, if James is voted out of tribal, because obviously red team will be going second. So they'll be able to see what the blue team did in their tribal. And they say, if James is voted out, then they'll cut Cassidy and vote Cassidy out. And that way it leaves Carla all alone. And then they said, if it's anybody else, we'll just go ahead and vote out Ryan. And I thought that this was actually a really fucking smart approach. And Cody goes and tells Gabler the plan. That way they have their three, you know, and Gabler's obviously looking for people to work with right yeah. now. 
And Cody likes Gabler. He thinks he's really smart. He's really strategic and he wants Gabler on his side. So he goes and tells Gabler the plan and they all three agree to this plan. And I was like, dude, this is actually really fucking smart. And I say that knowing that I don't want Carla left alone because I don't want her to end up getting sent home because I really like her. But it's a really smart strategic move and, and a really good way of using and utilizing the fact that you get to go second in these in this dual tribal situation. Yeah. From there, they go back to the, the blue team. And uh, when they get to the blue team, uh, they're kind of just rehashing the plan. And oh, Noel comes up. Brilliant. Yeah. And it was really well played. Noel comes up and tells James that, you know, to get Owen out, she's going to use her still a vote and take Owen's vote just in case. Mm-hmm. Where it, right after she says this, so she goes and meets up with Sammy and Owen. And tells him that instead of taking Owens, that she's going to take Owens vote, but she's still going to vote James out and wants him comfy so he doesn't use his knowledge as power or shot in the dark. Right. So she she wants James to believe that she's going to steal Owens vote and use both of those votes to vote Owen out. That way he doesn't use his knowledge as power. And that way he if she were to steal james's vote and vote james out he could take a shot in the dark when he goes to place his vote because obviously she has to use this advantage before votes are put in so this was a really fucking well thought out like yeah, this was. was this was really yeah. well thought out she fucking played this like a g so she tells owen and sammy oh, i'm sorry go ahead were you gonna say something yeah well i didn't realize it until y'all just said it because watching it when i watched it i was like i feel like they took so many extra steps to get what they wanted like why wouldn't she steal james's vote mm-hmm. but i didn't i didn't piece it together too yeah because she didn't want james to know until those votes were read yeah. by jeff and that way he couldn't yeah. do anything about it and mm-hmm. like yeah it was just so fucking smart the way she went about it i just thought like when she did it at that time like to take owen's vote i was like man she just wants to put her stamp on it like mm. I made this move, but right. now that y'all now that y'all said it, I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Well, she did that too because yeah. it, when it comes down to it, she's gonna if she makes it to final three, she's gonna have to say, look, this is how I influenced the game, even though I wasn't in power, kind of thing. Yeah, it's very much a callback to what happened last season. Right, right, yeah, I agree. So she tells Owen and Sammy, and then from this, Sammy actually goes to talk to Carla because he says that Carla's opinion means a lot to him and he doesn't want to just leave her in the dark. He really wants to work with Carla and and he cares about her. So he says to her, like, what would happen if James goes? And Carla is extremely uncomfortable with this, you know, and Sammy's kind of talking to her, trying to convince her to switch to James and why it would be a good reason to switch to James, especially with so many people starting to get annoyed with his, his gameplay and his strategy and, his ego that he's starting to get. And she just tells him pretty much like she doesn't want to lose numbers. And, and Sammy's just trying to convince her, like, it's not going to be that bad. People are probably actually going to be happier with us. If we, you know, go ahead and take James out. But the last thing that we see is Carla extremely uncomfortable with this and not wanting to move forward with the plan of getting James out from there. We cut over to tribal Number one, where blue team is going, where the blue team is going to, uh, you know, vote out one of their players. 
Yeah, and look, typically I'm not a huge fan of tribal because I think the questions Jeff asks are just kind of redundant. Yeah. But I actually truly enjoy this one because they actually talked about like the frustrations at camp with Owen and and James and uh you know and they kind of rehash it there in front of jeff and start fighting in front of yeah and then and jeff's like well obviously it was a lot worse than what you guys originally described like yeah bro it was it was pretty heated um well i like how noelle like played mom and she just jumped in she's like that okay that's enough like we're it was was like a total callback to what anisa did on the same episode you know back on the challenge recap when they were arguing and she just cut in and was like, okay, this is going nowhere. We're done done moving on. And I liked that she took that stand. Like, and she was probably just sitting there just like impatient, like get this shit on because I want to pull this move. Let's fucking go. I don't want to talk about this anymore, (laughs) but I did find it funny how the next question that Jeff asks is he asks, you know, how one advantage could potentially how big of an effect it could potentially have on such a small tribe when you only have five people there. And he talks to James and Noel about it. And I was just thinking, I was like, dude, like maybe survivor does like foreshadow stuff a little bit more than we actually credit them for because the past, the past like few episodes when I've really, really been paying attention to stuff, I noticed little things like this. This definitely felt like a foreshadow to what happens in the very next moment. Because Jeff says, all right, well, it's time to and Noelle interrupts him and cuts him off and says, vote, right? And then she pulls out her advantage, flashes it to everyone. Jeff has her read it. It's a steal of vote. And she steals Owen's vote. And James is just absolutely smitten. He's just sitting there with a smile on his face and has no fucking clue what is about to happen to his ass. And that's exactly what she wanted. Yeah, so, and you know what? I thought it was interesting that James didn't catch the look on Owen's face because Owen didn't look upset. No, he just looked down at the ground and kind of smiled a little bit. Yeah. Like, he knew what was going on, you know? And so everybody goes to vote, and uh, Jeff comes back. There's no idols to play or anything, so he starts reading the names. First name is Owen. Second name is James, which they both expected. But the second he reads that third vote, and it says James... James he snaps knows. his head over and Noel just kind of looks at him and just kind of smiles and you know it is what it is and yeah. uh they read the fourth vote it's James James being the next person eliminated out of the tribe yep and uh I you could see James was salty because oh, even so though bad. he complimented him it was like such a backhanded compliment good move guys yeah see, we'll how, see far. how far you guys yeah. get now like what were you doing what do you mean how far they're gonna get what do you think that you were doing this whole time like you were carrying the whole fucking tribe or something like i just i i i, I don't mind when people talk shit when they're getting sent out like that especially a blind side like that that doesn't bother me what did bother me is that he didn't have the respect to stand there and get his torch snuffed by jeff like He immediately walked away before Jeff even snuffed his torch and he went and sat down on the jury bench and like took his his uh, uh, what's it called? His uh, the fucking thing with the logo on it. I don't know. I I, I can't think of it. His buff, his his survivor buff takes his buff off and like tosses down his like he's just throwing a little hissy fit about it. But I did. I didn't like and I don't know. And maybe I'm reading too much into this again. I'm a newer survivor fan. But it just felt disrespectful to not go through the proceedings of standing there, 
getting your torch snuffed, giving Jeff that like Jeff didn't vote you out. Why are you being a dick? At the same time, I get it. Like he just lost, you know, his chance at a million dollars being blindsided. Emotions run high. Yeah. And I do get that. It just again, it just felt like disrespectful. Like to me, it's like it's like when you lose an elimination in the challenge and you you refuse to come back out to say goodbye to TJ, do the protocol, say goodbye to the. It just felt very like is entitled he, to just not stand there and get your for like five seconds and get your fucking torch snuffed. Do it like it didn't. It didn't feel like that to me. It felt more like kind of the Big Brother exit when they get blindsided and they walk on the table to get out. Table. Yeah, that's what it felt like <laughs> to me, kind of honestly. But I, I get your point of view on it though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So after that, we head to our uh, second tribal for the red team, and they walk in. They see James sitting over there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they start kind of going back and forth talking like, you know, Jeff asked him, like, how, how does it, it is? Yeah. Yeah. I see him over there and he goes, well, it, you know, I kind of want to know what happened because everybody's talking about, you know, who's back. They got and something didn't go right. Right. And he goes, and then it leads into Jeff's question about, you know, how hard is it when you're talking to someone, you see someone else, that same person, go talk to somebody else at the, like, you know, the, the well, mm-hmm. the water well. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan says it's hard when people talk to others longer than they talk to you. But he says he's got 30 pounds of clams in his bag that's going to go back with him if he gets voted out. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's his trump card. He's got all the food. <laughs> well, and I'm like. What are you doing with 30 pounds of clams in your bag? And what are you going to do? You're going to take that back to the Ponderosa where they have tons of food and warm beds and like all this stuff. And you're going to be eating clams like, nah, bro, like leave that for the tribe. Don't be a dick. (laughs) Like (laughs) He's like, fuck y'all. Y'all starving if you send me home. (laughs) But there honestly wasn't as much in this tribal as like the first one as far as, (laughs) you know, commentary or discussions that I found to be, you know, important to the overall what happens. I feel like. What happens in this second tribal was going to happen regardless of what happened in the first tribal. People have been talking about getting Ryan out for a long time now. And people seem to, you know, get along with Cassidy a little bit more than they do Ryan. Um, So, you know, obviously everybody goes to vote. It's one vote for Cassidy, four votes for Ryan and Ryan gets sent out. Um, But I did find his exit actually kind of funny because he didn't he seemed a little salty about it, obviously. But I feel like he also knew there was a good chance he was going home, whereas James felt like he was completely safe and nothing. There was no way he could go home and all of this, whereas I think Ryan kind of knew there was a chance he could go home. Um, But he says he says, y'all are going to be hungry now. And then he turns and he points to Cody and he says, well, I guess it's your turn to keep them fed now. And Cody says, I got you, brother. Like, I'll take care of them, you know, and I thought that was I thought that was sweet. Like you could tell Ryan was a little salty about it, but he understood it's it's a game. It's a game. But if if uh, if James doesn't get voted out, I think because Cassidy for sure. Right. You think so? I I think if James don't get voted out, they take out Cassidy, who's a part of the James little crew. So if Owen goes instead of James and then let's say you think Ryan still goes on the blue. <sighs> yeah, it's either Cass or they go. Um, they, it was going to be Cassidy or Ryan. Yeah, but they go Cass yeah. next or Gabler. Yeah, it's going to probably be Cassidy next. Um Gabler seems to be doing all right right now, though. I keep thinking Gabler's going to be yeah. next. Gabler's going to be next. And then he's not even close. 
Yeah, what a turning point for Gabe because what was it, episode right. five or six? He was like dying on yeah. the beach. Yeah. I mean, he's just holding strong now. He got his second wind and then he got that he made that big ass move on Janine and made it publicly. He didn't even do that shit in secret. He he did it right out in the open for everybody to see and everybody to know what he was doing. And it's just seemed like his confidence has gotten better. He's starting to adjust to the elements out there. He's starting to adjust and get used to being hungry and being tired and all of that. And that stuff does take time. You know, we are on day 17. We, we go to what, 26 days, right? 26. So, you know, we've got nine days left. Uh, it, and by the way, I, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of these shorter seasons. I wish they would go back to the longer form seasons, especially now that, you know, like the COVID stuff and restrictions and all of this is like, it's not the same anymore. I just, I feel like we could go back to the longer form seasons. And I know that Tony would agree because we talk about this like almost every week, but the more that like, it just feels like the end of these seasons gets so rushed. Like we're on day 17 and we're already down to like the final nine people. There's only going to be five or six more tribals and then we're at the final of of survivor and it just feels like so rushed and so just like smushed into this small time frame so it's like you either need smaller casts and or longer seasons you know to get that full effect of like that full survivor effect in my opinion no i agree i i do feel like it gets very rushed at the end and that they they're really trying to fit 10, 10 pounds of info in a five pound bag. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It's the best way I can put it. But absolutely. You know, I, I didn't go into this episode thinking we were going to see James and Ryan go out in the same episode. I thought Wild. we were, I thought we would have really seen Owen Ryan or James Cassidy. I thought it was going to be James and Owen, but I didn't know how the teams broke out, obviously. Yeah. But I knew it was going to be a double and I thought it was going to be James and Owen and, and they were, you know, but. No, man. Owen keeps slipping, slipping by, he keeps slipping right through those cracks. And it's kind of like Gabler, you know, like he started out in a really bad position towards the beginning of the season and everybody was calling him, you know, uh, like obnoxious and paranoid and all of that. And then all of a sudden it's like his game just flipped on its side and he's playing it very different. He's approaching these alliances and these deals very different and it's working out for him. So you know, you can't really hate on it. So I've got a question for you guys real quick. Shoot. We are officially at the halfway point of, of Survivor. Survivor. There's eight people left. We start with 16, right? There's nine people left. Oh, no, you're right. There's eight. That's right. Duh. Ten yeah. minus two is eight. And No, I'm sorry. We start with 18. So we're a little bit past the, the halfway point. Right. But we're right there. Your preseason picks to win compared to now, are they the same or different? Mine are the same and both of mine are actually still in the game. Well, I would hope they would both be in the game if they're the same as they were in the beginning of the season. No, I mean, not really. Like, Corey, what do you got? Do you still have the people that you thought were going to win still in there, or has it changed? Um, did I make my preseason picks on record? No. Because <laughs> I, I had no survivor experience, so I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I picked people from my team. So, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I th- honestly, I think that's what you said when we did our, like, our survivor. Um, like, who do you think is going to win the season or whatever? I think you said, well, I mean, my team's looking pretty good. So, <laughs> so that's fine. So same, same. <laughs> yeah. Mine's actually changed. So when we came into this, I was looking, I was thinking, you know, I just had this feeling that um, like NECA or Mariah 
you know, or even um, I, I can't remember her name. She was the nurse on Baca that got eliminated when they got oh, super Lin- Lindsay. Yeah, I thought she was like almost I, she was one of my top picks. Yeah. As we've gone along, it's definitely switched to like Cody, Carla, Jesse, Sammy. One of those four or is like my pick to win it. But yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Jesse and Carla are my top two. Um, and then Cody, like the t- the final three. I would love to see Jesse, Carla and Cody. But that's just me. So um, that wraps up this episode of Survivor that we're recapping. Yeah, we do not have fantasy. Um, we will update it on uh, Instagram for those of you that might be following along with our Survivor fantasy. But Tony, again, just wasn't feeling very good. He wasn't able to do his second watch through where he takes down the confessional counts and all of that. So we will update you guys. We just don't have it for this. But I do uh, think we should do MVPs for this episode if if you want. Yeah. So we're going to go the opposite of what we did for the challenge. We'll do reverse alphabetical. Boom. So I'll go first. <laughs> um, you know what? Fucking MVP of this episode for me, even though she's not on my team. Uh, is definitely got to go to Noel. That's still a vote. Really, just that outshined everything else this episode. So, yeah. as much as I love Jesse and Cody working together on the Red Tribe and kind of you know waiting to see how everything laid out to play their vote perfectly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Noel just fucking rocked at this episode. So that's my MVP. Honorable mention, Cody Jesse. Nice. I like that. What you got, Corey? Um. Yeah. Noel as well, and uh, Cassidy. Yeah, there you go. I like she it. got what she yeah, she got what she wanted, and for Finally. guys, yeah, for guys, um, I don't know, no guys really set out this episode. Um, if we're gonna mention guys, we might as well mention big girls. So uh, Carla, there. Hell yeah. yeah, I love Hell it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, honorable mention uh, to Carla for winning the immunity too. Yeah. So for my MVP, my my main MVP. Is going to Noel as well. Um, well, that was a really weird sentence. My MVP is going to Noel. Same as your guys is for the same reasons. That move was absolutely epic and it was so great to watch it unfolds just so perfectly for her. And I loved it. Uh, my my I do have two um, honorable mentions. I'm going to shout out Carla because she won that immunity challenge with a broken finger on a challenge where she had to use the strength in her hands and in her fingers to win. And so I think that was incredibly impressive. And then my male uh, honorable mention is going to go to Cody because he is the only one up there whose ball did not slip a single fucking time. He won his team reward and, you know, kept himself safe in a really like unpredictable situation where the tribe was split into two separate tribes and there were two people going home. So. Uh, you know, those were the three people that really impressed me the most. And then also shouts out to Cassidy for finally, uh, you know, finally getting her rival out. She's been trying to do that for weeks now. So it was it was cool to as much as I love Ryan and I'm really sad to see him go. It was like, well, good for you. You know, it finally yeah. worked out for you. Yeah. Well, I actually, actually, before you asked me, I thought about this well ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But actually, my true MVP and I kind of mentioned it was just the women in general, because the women have been getting attacked. Past few episodes, they've been the ones voted out each and every time. Yes, and it's just like they got two. They hit, flipped it on the boys. Out. Yeah, there two you go. heavy hitters out. I love that. Yes, I love that. Good point. I didn't even I didn't even pick up on that, but good point because that was a huge 
like that was a main point of last episode with Cassidy, uh, you know, kind of arguing with Carla about it and stuff about, you know, voting, voting out another girl last week. And so that's a great fucking point. And yes, that's awesome. They got two dudes out back to back. And uh, yeah, I love it. I like it. I like it. Well, guys, like I said, that pretty much wraps us, wraps everything up for us tonight. Long ass episode. Yeah. Look, it was info packed. (laughs) A lot happened in both shows, Survivor and the challenge. That's why it took us so long to get through. Plus, we had a lot of time, a good time talking shit because we don't really dive into it because the episode doesn't usually call for it. But these last two, um, both Survivor and the challenge really deserved it. And uh, with that being said, you know, I don't think I have any closing thoughts to you guys. The only thing that I want to say is everybody keep an eye out. We do have a very special unplugged episode releasing this coming week. It will be out either the 23rd or the 24th of November. I'm not exactly sure. I'm shooting for the 24th, but if I get everything done, I may put it out just a little bit earlier. Yes, there is a reason we are releasing it on Thanksgiving Day for the United States. (laughs) There's a reason we're releasing it on Thanksgiving Day. We have got Corey Lay coming out and there's a very special story in there. And like I said, it is a reason there is a reason we are doing it on Thanksgiving. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. Come check it out. Get to know Corey Lay a little bit more. Hear this incredible story that involves one of our hosts and Corey Lay himself. And yeah, just, you know, come enjoy it. And uh, other than that, if you haven't heard our interview with Kayla, Kayla, yeah, sorry, I I kept getting caught up on that. If you haven't heard our interview with Kayla Platt from Amazing Race and Challenge USA, go listen to it now. She is literally such an amazing, incredibly fun person. I love her. I call her Amazing Kayla now. That is officially her nickname for me. And the episode was really great. Her interview was really great. Her life is fucking un- incredible. It's like things that you see in movies and stuff. So go check it out. Go give it a listen. Give, Car- uh, give Kayla some love and watch out for that episode with Corey Lay. I love it. All right, guys. Well, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. For myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes. Corey, the Raging Cajun Viator, and for our two co-hosts that couldn't make it, Tony, Stats and Info, Lance, and of course, Josh motherfucking Chambers. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. If you get a a chance, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of our new episodes when they drop, as well as leave us five stars if you don't. We're inclined to think you're a hater. (laughs) With that being said, you guys be good to each other. We love y'all. Night. Deuce, deuce. Bye.